Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the incoming grenade launcher nerf in Season of the Worthy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. And if you're on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, and the little bell button, and even leave in a comment. Those are all great ways uh, to support what I do. So Bungie announced a lot of changes. I've been trying to go through each one in their own video because I didn't want to do an entire video about the nerfs because I think I do think people tend to maybe overstate them or overreact and then it creates this big sort of downer you know, idea about, oh, next season's going to be so lame and I didn't want to do that, but there are quite a few weapons getting taken down a peg and I wanted to do them in their own video so we could talk about them as those weapons exist in the game so grenade launchers I'm going to read to you what exactly they're doing I'm, I'm kind of not surprised I've talked about grenade launchers and one of the things that they do is they do so much damage in such a fast amount of time and I think this was kind of a needed change I don't think they're going to murder them but I definitely think it's a little disappointing chopping them down a peg because they are one of my favorite weapons in the game and it was cool to see them rise to such prominence and I have a lot of god rolls so i'm going to outline what they're doing i'm going to say that you know i saw it was coming i'm going to talk about why and then i'm going to end by talking about hope for rockets i think this gives me a little bit of hope for rockets getting some treatment in the future so bungie addressing grenade launchers said through a combination of archetype adjustments and new perks being introduced grenade launchers have been quite powerful ever since season of the drifter We've changed the aggressive frame sub-archetype to the rapid fire sub-archetype to be more in line with other weapons established conventions and slightly reduce their effectiveness on powerful enemies to give other weapons some more breathing room. Aggressive frame grenade launchers are now rapid fire frame grenade launchers. Rapid fire frame grenade launchers have had their damage reduced to account for the fire rate, 0.8% times percent or 0.8 or whatever and then now they have increased reserves so they're lowering the damage a little bit and then they're going to raise your reserve so you have more ammunition it's going to be similar to some other heavy weapons we have right now previously aggressive frame grenade launchers fired faster than adaptive but they had the same damage so they were able to do the damage faster essentially Damage to major enemies and above by power weapon grenade launchers is reduced by 10%. So they are hitting them a little, they are hitting them a little hard, but I do think this is probably the right change. Uh, they're going to give room to other weapons. I know they're trying to probably get people to be more inclined to use swords with the sword changes. This also potentially, as I'm going to say at the end of the video, gives me some hope for rocket launchers. The more reserves makes it feel more like a machine gun or even a sword. Those are weapons that can have high reserves, but then you can kind of use them a little bit more freely. I was just showing some people some pretty fun builds you can do with machine guns and swords right now where you have endless ammo if you're willing to sacrifice your super there's some pretty fun stuff you can do with armor 2.0 synergy and weapon synergy and i think grenade launchers may fall into a similar lane i do think they need to adjust one of the mods in the game though if they're going to make this change when you go to void and it says increases the amount of grenade launcher ammo you can carry that's great on your chest piece and when you want to synergize that with your boots and you want to run the grenade launcher scavenger this needs updated it says grenade launcher gets bonus reserves when you pick up special ammo I think that needs to be retooled in line with this change just to enable you to use armor 2.0 to feed yourself more ammo on a more regular basis this this perk only applies to special ammo grenade launchers which I think is kind of dumb and a little too narrow and I don't think is I don't think is a necessary restriction especially in light of these changes I think they can open up that mod a little bit 
Less damage is also a little bit discouraging because grenade launchers were just absolutely shredding enemies and it felt kind of nice, but it was a little absurd given their ease of use and their rate of fire. So let's just talk about how I saw, you know, I saw this coming. People are tired of me predicting things, but like generally, if you're not able to see this, I'm not special, okay? I'm not some sage, you know, prophet of destiny it's not difficult to look at weapon archetypes when they're completely leaving everything else behind and kind of conclude Bungie's going to rein this in they're not going to leave this as it is right now uh you know i believe they overreacted a little bit on machine guns but machine guns were in a similar you know situation they got to wear multiple hats they were great for ads they were great for damage and i think Bungie made those changes to grenade launchers i'm sorry machine guns because they knew it was coming with armor 2.0 i just showed somebody the hammerhead build I was running, you literally never run out of ammo. Like, never. And if it was still an amazing boss DPS weapon, then nobody would run supers. You'd have one person run, like, Well of Radiance or Bubble, and then everybody would run machine guns, and never run out of ammo, use it as your primary, and then bake the boss with machine guns. So they kind of needed to be reined in. I think they're doing something similar with grenade launchers. They, I don't know if they're going to do this with swords. Swords, we're going to kind of see how they end up playing out next season. You know, are they going to be super strong? Are they going to be super viable? Because there are really good builds with Armor 2.0 to keep the ammo economy sort of flowing for them. My theory is that Heavy Finisher is going away next season i don't think they're going to bring this back people were arguing with me disputing with me saying no it's it you're sacrificing your super it's fair it's totally legitimate however my opinion is when you go into really challenging content being able to the entire time you're sort of working your way to the boss always use your super energy for endless heavy ammo especially on things like swords and machine guns might cause some balancing problems it might start to override some of the challenge um i've not really tried this i'm kind of tempted to try this in a 980 to see if it's a viable strategy it might not be now with machine guns it might be because there's so much ammo in a machine gun but it might not be with swords grenade grenade launchers may fall into a similar category of hey they're more mid lane now they're still good for damage on a boss but they can kind of wear good you know major busting you know add you know add control hat if you want and then you can make up the ammo difference on your armor to keep the ammo flowing so you don't run out this is similar to snipers, I think, and the changes they're making with snipers. Armor 2.0 needs room to matter, and presently it doesn't really matter. You have such strong guns, you don't really need to min-max, you don't need to synergize your armor with your build. Armor 2.0 has all kind of different things you can do with charge with light and different combinations and stats. And most people aren't paying any attention to it because our raw strength is so high with things like Izanagi's and grenade launchers. Reining those things in, I think, is important for the future of the game. If Armor 2.0 is going to truly land as a system that matters and is important to you, if it's another piece of your grind, then it's a, it's a more holistic view of your loadout and your approach to combat and your approach to strength. Plenty of weapons lately have been brought down and nerfed and are still viable. The Ikelos shotgun, still perfectly fine. The Recluse is still perfectly fine. Whisper, still perfectly fine. These weapons are still worth using in the right context and in the right places. They're excellent weapons that still get the job done. I'm not concerned here. I don't think grenade launchers are going to get thrown completely off the table. It seems like a fair choice to lower damage a little bit, lower fire rate a little bit. Actually, I'm sorry, increase fire rate because it's going down. Um, well, it's it's basically becoming a rapid, so it's lowering its damage and they're lowering damage overall, but then increasing reserves. Hopefully, reserves goes up quite a bit from 15 to over 20, so you get like an entire another, another mag to kind of make up the difference. Um, but finally, this ultimately gives me hope for rocket launchers. If you guys have heard me talk about rocket launchers, one of the primary barriers I have considered and, and kind of highlighted 
highlighted is why rocket launchers had no hope it was grenade launchers I, I basically said there's just no way a grenade launcher can output so much damage and it does it so quickly and has so much ammunition that there's just no way a rocket can keep up a rocket's too slow the only way they could have done it is overall damage on a rocket would have had to been absurdly high but then again you run into all kind of complications with rockets missing we did some tests today in sundial rockets even with tracking are generally pretty terrible they they really don't get the job done it's very easy i was shooting at a centurion and he dodged every rocket and i had a zenobia with tracking i was at pretty good range and all he had to do was like this teeny little sidestep and it just completely and utterly missed and rockets were bad I, I agree rockets were bad before grenade launchers were good but grenade launchers being good and viable makes it almost impossible for the current iteration of rocket launchers to kind of get there and grenade launchers were insanely insanely high like they were very 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 efficient there was no conceivable way I, th- I, I that I could see and all the things I thought of to really really help without kind of bringing grenade launchers down into a better lane now they could start to examine things like maybe putting two rockets in the chamber maybe giving all rocket launchers and increase in reload so they reload a little bit faster overall damage should probably also go up on rockets they're slow they are difficult to kind of land the shot it's you know if you miss one or two that's really going to kill your dps on a boss they could maybe afford to bring back grenades and horseshoes on some of the archetypes maybe make it intrinsic i know that grenades and horseshoes is on the truth but it's not really anywhere else. I don't want to have to only get good damage efficiency or efficiency out of the weapon. I don't want to have to run an exotic. There's plenty of nice rocket launchers in the game. The Zenobia I've always really liked because it has the intrinsic tracking. Uh, you know, There's a handful of others that just look big and mean and nice, and they're just completely not worth running. So the hope here would be, and I know people are like, well, why not just buff rocket launchers, Lono? It's not always that simple. You can't just buff a rocket launcher and leave grenades alone. Again, when you look at the overall damage output of a weapon like the Izanagi's or aggressive frame grenade launchers with spike nades, their ability to do damage was not just high, it was insanely fast, so the efficiency just goes through the roof. And there's no way to have other things catch up. You can't have a rocket launcher catch up with that unless you completely change the way rocket launchers function, and that kind of breaks the game down and ruins the vibrancy. If all the weapons start to feel samey because you want them to all do similar damage, well then rockets are shooting crazy fast, and rockets have tons of ammo. Okay, you just turn a rocket launcher into a grenade launcher. So, to bring grenade launchers down a little bit gives room, hopefully, for rocket launchers to come back up. Maybe not this season maybe in a future season they're probably wanting to push us more towards swords this season that's okay to kind of have those seasons of dominance and then maybe in the future there's now room for rockets so that's what they're doing with grenade launchers that's kind of my perspective on it if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can catch q a next and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the incoming grenade launcher nerf. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. And if you're on YouTube, hitting like, share, subscribe, leaving a comment, or hitting the little bell button is a great way to help me out. Let's jump right into the questions. We've been trying to be a little bit better about doing questions for only a certain amount of time. And if it seems like sometimes, for those of you that are watching on YouTube or listening elsewhere, if it seems like sometimes a little bit, a little bit harder on people 
people who ask questions or say me questions or repeat questions. We are in a live environment when I record this, and I do do it for long periods of time, and there are a handful of offenders who like to ask questions that aren't questions, or they jam them in sort of at the end, and I'm trying to be fair to the people who maybe got in late and submit questions, and I do sometimes feel like I need to be a little bit hard on folks. I'm not trying to be mean or to condescend my audience or to talk down to people. So those of you that like to lecture me in my YouTube comments, um, I, I, I appreciate that, but I'm that's just kind of the nature of a live environment. Sometimes you have to kind of curb certain things uh, that are unhelpful to the to the listeners elsewhere that they, you know, people keep submitting questions that are somewhat uh, you know, unhelpful or a waste of time. So I try, I've tried to be better about it. I have tried to be better about this. This has been something that I've worked on. And so I, I continue to try to soften my rejection of some, of some types of questions. Uh, Hilly Heat. Uh, do you think Bungie are rebalancing weapons in general so they expand mods to be used on more weapon types? This I've ever, I've never actually considered this as part of the reasoning. My sort of entire argument rests on the idea that I believe they're trying to give more ground to Armor 2.0. There's a lot of things on Armor 2.0 that can bolster your weapon uptime, how much ammo you have, and Charge with Light does certain things to also increase your damage. And I, I could see where you're coming at with this. However, I think this is unlikely, at least in the present. You, you may be right long term, okay? You may be correct in the long term. They may be doing something now for the big weapon update that likely will be happening in September. I don't think they're going to be doing any significant you know, weapon system overhauls in a season. When they did the Armor 2.0 thing, it was pretty significant. I know Luke Smith's indicated in some interviews they also want to do things with the weapon system, but they don't presently know how they want to attack it. My prediction would be when they do finally settle on what they want to do, it would be pretty significant, and it would likely land in an annual expansion, not a $10 season. So, what they're doing now, you could be correct. You likely are correct that this is related to the overall you know push of the weapon change coming down the road and they may know we'll do all this now and the people can start to bolster add some strength back add some lethality back in the future whether it is through armor 2.0 or whatever they decide to do with the weapons or as you're saying maybe the mod system is going to get some changes as well JV dubs while I understand perfect balance of all heavy weapon types is ideal I don't think it's totally possible in your opinion which heavy weapon type would you think would be the most fair if it was to become the new meta this is a tough one because every every weapon kind of has its its ups and its downs so a machine gun and a sword and a grenade launcher have more ammo and ease of use and but they also have different things that make them really nice uh, you know, swords, you have to get close, but then it's pretty much just spam away. Uh, machine guns are nice because you can use them from far away and they have tons of ammo. Grenade launchers are in a happy medium. You don't have to get super close. They're really good damage, but then they do have a significant amount of ammo. I It's really hard to make a call here. I think rockets are kind of the ones that are left behind for a couple of reasons. And I, I kind of just thought about this. Bungie has made us so fast and so strong and they've really enabled us to really buff our damage that's one of the reasons I think rockets kind of fell by the wayside I think Bungie knew we got to chop these down to size they give us the ability to buff our damage so much that they needed to be careful with rockets also rockets fire in a way that's more of an old school style of damage delivery, even within the realm of Destiny 2. When Destiny 2 launched, I mean, there was definitely this feeling of like, just use rockets, because they were they were kind of the best, and everything else was a primary. 
you clearly weren't going to go and fight Callus and run up to him with a shotgun. You weren't going to run up to him with a fusion. Um, and snipers also weren't weren't that good. So rockets kind of became king. And then as they busted up the weapons and buffed some archetypes and gave you a little bit more freedom, rockets kind of fall by the wayside. And I do think there's a handful of things working against rockets that need some need some help. Now you're saying what would be the most fair if it becomes the new meta? It's hard to it's hard to answer this question. Some bosses and some boss design is perfect for swords. The scions before we got in a tam, the scion bosses in in Sundial were perfect for swords. But then you go into a boss fight like I don't know Pyramidian, and you're not going to want to run up and ankle bite him. You're going to want to maybe want to sit back, throw rockets or grenades or a machine gun, you know, shoot him in his face. Right? He's got a crit spot. You don't want to be chopping at his ankles. So, I do think there are times where certain weapon types shine more than others and it does depend on the boss environment it does depend on how how long you can do damage if the weapon if the weapon gets one shot off like a rocket and then you know i shoot this rocket and then the damage phase is over i i do think that is something that would maybe give rockets some room some of the smaller windows of damage if rockets had a really nice damage buff but then they also reload slow they shoot slow velocity slow enemies have an easy time to dodge and I don't know, you know, grenades and horseshoes intrinsic or something. So you almost always get the hit and then, you know, a nice damage buff. And then you got impact casing and clusters to add even more damage. I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if they're ever going to truly address rockets or if they're just going to kind of wait and bring back the Galahorn and then that'll be the rocket that you use. I mean, Warcliffe's great right now, but legendary rockets are kind of crummy. Um, this is something that's been a problem for a while in the heavy environment is that if you're going to run a heavy just run an exotic just run 1k voices just run whisper just run thunderlord and the others just kind of sit there and then when they finally gave machine guns some footing and it was like oh i can run a legendary machine gun like hammerhead and i don't need to run an exotic that's nice Ooh, legendary grenade launchers have been nice right it frees you up to run an exotic somewhere else that's a nice thing bungie needs to continue to push for that to where and, and to some degree, I think they are trying to do this. Like, the exotic heavies are still going to be slightly better than legendaries. Legendaries are going to get the job done, and you might feel that freedom to kind of move things around. But my biggest concern with any time they start nerfing heavies and tweaking heavies is we go right back to that narrow, you know, just run, just run a legend. I'm sorry, just run an exotic. There's no reason to run any of the legendary heavies. Now, swords, again, are getting a focus. So that may be Bungie's, like, push to say, hey, we did it with grenade launchers. We did it with machine guns. Now we're doing it with swords. We're going to give you a reason to run swords as your legendary heavy option. And then that frees you up on exotics. Grenade launchers will likely still be viable and worth using. We'll have to wait and see about rockets. Linear fusions, honestly, are probably going to be the go-to legendary heavy next season. Uh, line in the sand. If I were you, I'd be focusing on getting a really, really good line in the sand before next season. Try and get firing line and rapid hit. This thing is a monster, and it's going to be nice for shooting from a distance, and it's going to get good damage. I honestly think line in the sand will become one of the go-to meta weapons next season, as well as, obviously, I think Whisper is going to kind of rise back to prominence again. Uh, machine guns, unless they get some treatment, machine guns will likely kind of stay in the dustbin. They really don't do enough boss damage, and for ad control, it's nice in something like Sundial when you run a build like I've outlined with Eternal Ammo. Um, when you run storm of lead and heavy ammo finisher 
you're constantly getting ammo back and feeding your super. It's a really, really nice synergy. But by and large, that's not like end game viable. You're not gonna. I doubt you're gonna go into a Grandmaster Nightfall and do that. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I said earlier it'd be kind of nice to run a machine gun as your primary in a Nightfall ordeal or in a Grandmaster Nightfall and see if it is a viable strategy because it's it's really, really strong. I mean, your your ability to keep ammo flowing as long as you're willing to give up your super is actually really really nice on both swords and machine guns so I don't honestly know if there's a weapon type that is in, as you say the most fair to be the meta because there are so many instances where you might not want to use a particular weapon swords especially are going to be really contextual if they can start to absorb stomp and turn the tables on stomp swords will become very very popular because everybody hates stomp so side quest Lono do you think the majority of the player base actually cares about meta changes it seems to me that getting into the minutia of the meta changes isn't something the largest portion of the player base takes part in because they don't actually care it's so fun to customize it's so fun to shoot things and do bounties I mean a lot of times this is this I believe is a helpful helpful perspective to bring to the table because to a certain degree I think we get very uh, jaded and we get sort of very narrow in, in what we in what we think and what we do. We're like, oh, these things are of the utmost importance. These things super super matter. And then the rest of the player base is like, what the frick are you talking about? Like people get you know getting bent out of shape about snipers and izanagis. Now, I don't like to do this in too strong of a way, though. There's a real danger in the community of folks in a position like mine or other folks that have a lot of eyeballs on them getting exasperated by complaint and sort of denigrating the frustration it's like it's like when I tell my kids it's okay to be angry it's what happens after that's the most important it's totally fine to be angry that your sister stole your book but hitting her across the face with another book is not the appropriate response so I want to affirm that it's okay for people to get frustrated and angry about these changes it's the follow-up that matters. Are you providing your feedback in a constructive way? Are you calling me names on my YouTube comments because I get you know you're too emotionally unstable to deal with you know opinions that are different than yours? Are you lashing out at the community managers on Reddit? You know these are things that are ultimately my wife's reading a book on parenting. Like acting out like that for attention is childish. Like you're acting childish. Like that's so. In in your question here, the danger is I agree with you. Most of the player base doesn't care about this stuff. But you got to be really, really careful about saying, like, like, why are you so upset? Most of the player base doesn't care. I know that's not what you're saying, but that's kind of where this line of thinking can go, is I don't want to denigrate people's frustrations. I know it's irritating to be like, I loved running Izanagi's. I loved running this build, and now it's not as strong. I've been there. I know what that's like. In Destiny 1, I could never get the Suros regime. I finally got it, and it was the week after they nerfed it, and it was infuriating. I was so I was so mad. I was like, I didn't get to enjoy this, and it was because of PvP that they nerfed it. I was absolutely furious. And so I know what that's like, and I always want to be careful, as I said last night on the podcast on the Rageous Roundtable, and I've said this a lot recently, if you do something to satisfy Steve, you're going to make Bob mad, and if you do something to satisfy Bob, you're going to make Steve mad. There's competing interests and competing mindsets in the community, and you always have to be careful that like it's okay for Steve and Bob to be frustrated by a change, and I never want to make it sound like I'm so exasperated with complaints that like your complaints aren't legitimate, and I get really dismissive. I've done that in the past. It's very easy to get kind of frustrated by other people's constant, what 
feels like constant frustration when the reality is people coming in here and complaining about Izanagi's probably aren't the same people that came in and complained about whatever happened last time, right? So it's like, we just have to take on that mindset I think of the game is going to ebb and flow. It has always ebbed and flowed. There has never been a consistent, never-ending meta of, I always get to use this build and this weapon, and it's always the primo, it's always the best. It's never been like that. It'll never be like that. And even though most of the player base is probably unaware of a lot of this stuff, the rest of us have to kind of take on the mentality of, it's okay to get passionate and excited and angry, but keep in mind, a lot of the times when you're defending and getting angry about Izanagi's getting nerfed, or grenade launchers getting nerfed, keep in mind that's not what you were running a year ago you started using that because Bungie made changes in the meta they made changes in the loadouts they made changes in the power and you gravitated towards those weapons and part of that is just the journey of destiny is it's never the same gun same loadout for very long that's part of the I think if you can if you can get into the headspace about it that's part of the fun that's part of the appeal and you know I, I if you can take on that mentality then it is irritating but you can then enjoy like, oh, well, I'll check out swords next season. I'll check out these new seasonal mods. I'll check out the new builds, the artifact, and see what could I come up with to, to kind of get back to pinnacle strength again. Arzani, do you think that we will get a trailer for the new DLC soon, perhaps today? Uh, it's unlikely to be today. I would think next week, on Tuesday, we'll get either a trailer for next season or a vid- like a little short video or something, a teaser. Now, the quest line is not happening today. Today is Tuesday the 25th, so if you're listening to the audio recording later, what I'm saying is not necessarily relevant to you, but to the people that are in the live audience. There is no quest today. The quest that we're unlocking from Empyrean Restoration completing is either going to land Friday or next Tuesday is my prediction. It's not landing today, confirmed by Dylan. So there's nothing happening today other than the fact that we're all going to start cashing in, the whales are going to start donating, and we're probably going to hit the Empyrean Restoration total goal tonight, like this evening sometime. You know, we need like one and a half billion, and the whales are going to start dumping, and it's going to it's going to happen really fast, I think the real sticky do you think with grenade launcher changes introducing some high damage 90 to 100 or 100 rpm launchers would make sense since they seem to be making the change based on rpm damage ratio at least to the 150s i love where your head's at i really do the thing is once you start to go down to a 90 or 100 rpm grenade launcher you may be actually just designing a, 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 you might get down to like a rocket launcher. I don't know. I mean, rocket launcher RPMs 15 and 60. So, you know, the, and I don't know if, I don't know if that's the best example on the, on the ward cliff. I mean, 25 on a bad omens RPM doesn't really matter on a freaking rocket. Cause there's only one in the chamber. I guess it matters if you get ambitious assassin and there's two in the chamber. Um, so I would say that's a year one Galahorn 100 RPM. Yeah, my concern would be you're starting to dip into where gr- rocket launchers should go. Rocket launchers could maybe afford to go up in RPM and put two in the chamber, and you're dipping, you're kind of dipping into our world. Like if I'm a rocket launcher, I'm like, hey, get out of here. No, 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 no. Grenade launchers are supposed to be kind of fast and kind of saucy. They're like an explosive machine gun. They got higher reserves, slightly lower damage, and a faster fire rate. And rocket launchers are supposed to have lower reserves, lower fire rate, higher damage. That's kind of the way it's supposed to work. So you got to be careful dipping down into mountaintops 90. I mean, again, RPM on a single fire is not really, not really the debate here. The RPM of a grenade launcher when you go thum, thum, thum. 
is is what he has in mind here and what he has in mind is lowering down from the 150 down to like a 90 or 100 but then getting really high damage listen i'll be honest i like your idea i do i'm like oh do that that'd be awesome unfortunately you're gonna make it even harder probably then for rocket launchers to get help and become appealing by doing this you're expanding you're expanding the reach and the spectrum of grenade launchers and you're dipping down into where rocket launchers could live and so I'm like I right, hang on a minute let them work on rocket launchers and then maybe then maybe you can get your heavy you know grenade launcher maybe they could do a, a heavy 90 rpm exotic grenade launcher that's just crazy looking and launches like really really slow almost like rockets or something I could get behind that and maybe you have to really lob them you have to really arc them because they're heavy and they land and they do all kind of crazy stuff but as far as an actual archetype itself I would want them to address rockets before doing this there is a part of me that as soon as I read your idea I got excited I was like oh that sounds actually pretty awesome but at the same time I'm like well they really probably should address rockets before doing this uh, we've had some subs roll in that I haven't had a chance to call out. Been with 20 months. Got my hoodies yesterday. Very comfortable. Thanks. Yes, the hoodies are awesome. I'm wearing red. My wife's teal is showing up today. Team red and team teal. A house divided. Patty Whack with 13 months and two months from basic room. If you guys are listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, and you're interested in these cool Tron hoodies, they're they're red and teal. I think they're really cool design. Teespring killed it. Just go to Teespring and look for Say No to Rage. You'll find them. Royal Sasha. Did I answer that question? I did. Royal Sasha. With power weapon grenade launchers getting changes, what do you think about special ammo grenade launcher performance compared to other specials? Besides mountaintops, they don't get used. I actually really, really like the wave grenade launcher that they came out with this season. However, I understand why a lot of people may avoid it. It doesn't have a ton. It doesn't have a ton of uh, of play. It's not the greatest thing ever, but it is fun. Uh, the wave frame I think is enjoyable. And going with auto loading and, uh, and, um, I can't think of, I just, the demolitionist, I'm sorry. The name like went right out of my head as I was about to say it. Auto loading and demolitionist is really, really fun. You throw a grenade down with, you shoot a grenade out of martyrs retribution. You throw a grenade and now your martyrs is reloaded by demolitionist and you shoot another one. If you don't have grenade energy and you shoot this martyr's retribution off and it makes that line of fire and you get four or five kills, it actually gives you a really good amount of grenade uh, energy. So this thing with demolitionist is actually really fun and you can output a lot of damage. I mean, putting it on the ground, hitting something with a grenade and putting down another one, that's basically three grenades in a row out of something that ordinarily puts like one down and then you got to reload it and you got to kind of wait. So you can kind of shrink that that damage output and make it real fast uh, and real quick whenever you uh, use it in that way. And auto loading is just really really nice. I generally only ever want to have auto loading on a fusion rifle or a grenade launcher like this, so that anytime I pull it out, it just is it's ready to rock and roll. It's ready to go. Next question from Deeds. Now to your question though, let's go back. Hang on to your question. What about the rest of them? There's not a lot of them, so I'm not going to lose a ton of sleep over Orwing's Mall and the Malicious Birthright and the Truth Teller and Flash and Thunder. I'm I'm really not. (laughs) It's unlikely they're going to do anything with these, but as I said in my talk, 
I do think within the realm of grenade launchers, Bungie needs to consider going to Void Affinity Boots and changing Grenade Launcher Scavenger gets bonus reserves when you pick up special ammo. I, that needs changed because they're lowering grenade launchers to enough a degree that I think this scavenger perk needs to open up and, and apply to both special and heavy grenade launchers. Deeds. Do you think going forward, Bungie will implement more mods to enhance customization and the Destiny Power Fantasy, or do you think Charge with Light and the new season of Dawn mods have failed and did not land well with the community? Charge with Light is good, but nobody could really interact with it at the point in the season where it was at the most on your radar. So early in the season of Dawn, when I was opening up the obelisks, leveling them up and getting the Charge with Light mods, I couldn't do anything with them. I, I had all I had all undying armor and I had, I had leveled up my all undi- all of my undying armor because I was like um, I want to use I want to use the stuff I want to use the, the mods so it didn't land at the right time the beginning of the season of dawn was not the time to tell somebody hey you need to get all new armor and not only do you need to get all new armor you need to level it up so you can experiment with mods so going forward they've made what i think is a really really good change they've said when you go into season of uh season of season of worthy season of the worthy you're going to be able to have all your season of dawn armor immediately able to interact with those mods so i don't think charge with light like failed to capture the community's attention because it's not good it actually really is good error did an interview with pc gamer and basically said people are sleeping on charge with light there's some absurd builds you can do and that would be my hope is that they've made this change because likely bungie looked at the numbers and they were like nobody's running charge with light weren't you concerned dave weren't you concerned that charge with light was going to become too strong and make a bunch of problems nobody's even running it what do we do and they probably just looked at the community response and people were like i i don't i don't i don't want to do it it's too much time if i would have been able to jump in right away those early weeks when i was leveling up my obelisks and i would have been like oh let's try some of these out let's try some of these combinations I would have tried it out right away. Why not? I mean, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing guard no salvation runs. I'd be like, yeah, let's move some mods around. I, I didn't need my nightmare hunt mods anymore. So, I and I just thought of something. I just thought of something. Do you know how for the longest time we've been asking for armor sets that give you particular benefits in an activity? I just thought that they've kind of done that. I don't really miss my nightmare hunt mods but Nightmare Hunt mods actually gave me that instead of giving me a whole new armor set. I had armor builds for Garden of Salvation and for Nightmare Hunts that I I don't miss in a sense. It's not like, oh, that was such a... I, I do, but I don't. You don't need a whole armor set for every activity if Bungie can keep trotting out mods that do that sort of a thing, that give you that benefit. And then eventually you leave the activity behind. Like, eventually I'm not running you know nightmare hunts eventually i've i've moved i've moved forward into other activities the new you know whatever the new season is the angry texan what would your reaction be to those who say just buff everything instead of nerfing things i got in an argument with a clanmate over this and how power creep is bad but could not get my point across okay yeah so the the reason that that's a bad take is because they're essentially doing that if you imagine that you're looking at a bar graph and the Izanagi's is way above everything else and they hammer that down a little bit so everything else is on an even playing field, 
they are in a sense it would be no different if they if they raised all the other guns up the result would be the same right okay well now they're all on equal footing again the difference would be that when you raise everything else up now the rest of the game needs to be retooled champion health bars boss health bars the flow of enemies none of that's built for you to have everything at the strength of the izanagis like it isn't built that way people like we'll just buff everything else it's like what that doesn't work you can't do that somebody got out my nose on youtube and said well this guy misrepresents people's arguments he's like oh they'd have to go back and retool the entire game i got news for you if they buffed all the weapons they would they'd have to go to every boss every strike every champion have to be like we got to retool this no, nothing nothing is in spec now you're way you're way too strong you're way you're way 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 too strong for these health pools now and then what would they do oh we got to raise the health of everything so think about it long term if they did that if they made all your weapons buff just raise them all up anything that seems like it should be as strong as a nagi number one that takes way more time because now they're retooling and fine-tuning a bunch of weapons instead of a handful so they're buffing everything that takes way more bandwidth then the second phase of this insane task is they got to comb through the whole game every strike boss every champion every mini boss every encounter and they have to adjust the health of all of those encounters because now you're way stronger and you know what the result would be it'd be no different if they just lowered the one gun that was absurdly strong It'd be no different. By the time they were done, they'd be like, well, we buffed everything to match Izanagi's. We made sure everything was really, really strong. And then we subsequently also had to make sure all the enemies were now strong and and they kind of matched the strength of the players. And then the result would be basically the same dadgum thing. The difference is they would spend a thousand times more hours getting to that point instead of saying... Izanagi's is absurdly strong. Its DPS output is blowing everything else out of the water. Rain it in. Right? Rain it in. It's different because they are making us overall weaker, but it would subsequently be the exact same result if they buffed everything and then also had to buff all the enemies accordingly. They had to legislate to our new strengths. You would, overall, you would be weaker at the end of the day if they did that. If the end result is that Nagis comes down and joins the rest of the pool in efficiency and damage output, you can't keep nerfing outliers? Watch them. They've done it for half a decade, Eugene. Watch them do it. They're going to keep doing it. They've been doing it for five years. Vorpal7. Dear Sage Prophet of Destiny. Thank you. That's my birthright. Uh, That's my birth name, I mean. Do you think they are going to add a new type of grenade launcher given they're consolidating aggressive and rapid, like bringing back the precision frame like the Days Fury 1 in collections? I mean, in, in general, I don't know if that's the goal here. That could be a result. That could be a result. Um, I don't know if that's the goal of what they're doing, though. Oh, we want to we want to bring back more more grenade launchers. I would I would definitely would applaud that. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. Let's do that. Let's let's add more grenade launchers. Let's add more heavy weapons. And I would say that that would be a cool thing to do, but it's probably the unlikely thing to do. It's probably more likely this is going to give room for rocket launchers. You see that Sanctified Mine has a second crit spot that's super small that's basically one-shot the boss with Izzy. I didn't know that. Well, I did not know that. What are you talking about? Has a second crit spot? 
Blue Llama. With ritual weapons, only using a combination of perks, what perks would make you excited for a ritual rocket launcher? Uh, grenades and horseshoes. It would need to intrinsically have two in the chamber. And then impact casing and cluster are, are usually are usually needed. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard because like, grenade rocket launchers rocket launchers in general even if you give them a bunch of great perks they're still just not fast enough and they're not efficient enough they're just not so 23 months from Joski, thank you getting close to the gold badge Lockwood says based on the recently announced changes to the seasonal mod slots to accept prior that armor and the following season's armor mods do you think that the obelisk seasonal mods uh, and charge with light mechanics will stay after season of dawn ends well, the mods aren't going away. They've actually made that clear. The mods are staying. But you will then need to keep Season of the Worthy armor. The The most recent and relevant armor that will be able to use Charge with Light will be Season of the Worthy. So if you get into the summer season and you start grinding for the new armor and you start wearing summer season armor, you won't be able to put Charge with Light on it. So you'll have to keep... You have to keep some of that armor around. Now, I deleted all my Dawn armor. I was like, I don't care about any of this. I'm not going to go back to Garden. And if I do, I don't really need to run the, what is it? Um, Enhanced Relay Defender. I don't need to run it. It, it, We're so strong. Now, if they bring Grandmaster, (laughs) if they bring Grandmaster out to raids and Garden suddenly is like Delta and it's, you know, Contest Modifier and all that, well, then I'm probably going to regret my decision. But at least then I'll have another grind. Like, oh, I'll probably have to grind for that armor again. So then I can run, um, you know, Enhanced Relay Defender. Overall, I don't think the goal, though, is for you to think like that. Like, oh, I better save an armor set from every season. I think the idea is that every season, you know, every five months, you're kind of shuffling forward. So what's going to happen in Season of the Worthy, the next season is I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm going to be able to go into Season of the Worthy and use all of my Season of uh, season of Dawn armor. And I'm whatever new seasonal mods they trot out, I can experiment with them and I can try them out. Okay. As Season of the Worthy comes to, cl- to a close, if I want to prepare for the summer season, I'm going to have to start getting summer uh, Season of the Worthy armor to prepare, which is exactly what I did at the end of this season. So Season of Dawn is coming to a close, and look at all my armor. I've gone through, and I've kind of cleaned out, and I have three pieces of all the armor, all the affinities, so that I'm ready for next season. So all of my armor now has the Dawn armor mod slot. I'm going to look very, very similar at the end of Season of the Worthy. I'm going to have a bunch of armor ready for next season that has that Season of the Worthy slot. The idea being that when you go into a new season, if you go into a new season, they're not disrespecting your current armor set, right? Your current armor set still is worth it. You go into Season of the Worthy, all your armor, you know, all your armor is, is ready to go. But near the end of the season, they're also saying, hey, you need to, you, you need to, you need to go for the new stuff. You, you got to go for the new, like in season of the worthy, you're definitely going to feel this sense of, oh, I, I need to go for, I need to go for season of the worthy armor set so that I'm ready for the summer season. Cause right now it's hard for them to straddle the fence. It's like they need to respect the armor that I've built and worked on all of this season, right? They need to respect that. 
but they also need to incentivize me chasing the new stuff there's new armor every season and I think that's one of the hardest things for them to do respecting the grind from last season while motivating a new grind well dude I spent all this time I I spent all this time doing you know uh, doing nightfalls and leveled up my armor and I go into this brand new season and I can't use any of the new stuff all my armor is kind of irrelevant and they're like okay we're not going to do that now your armor is still going to be relevant but near the end of season of the worthy you're going to feel this soft push to be like it's time to get ready for next season and and what they can do is with the affinity change the fact that you can change the affinity on it it's going to be a lot easier for you to prepare it's going to be a lot easier to prepare or a pair, a pair of boots drops well I already have void and solar I really need arc the stats are great but the affinity's wrong no worries change the affinity it's not a high energy boot drop right it's like level 4 or something you just change the affinity so the ability to change affinity and the season mod passover I think is going to empower people to feel a little bit more sort of in the driver's seat with respect to I, I really really want you know I really want to want to want to go for armor every season as well as I want to I want to have my armor matter when I go into the new season and not be immediately invalidated. So you're kind of like I said you're always kind of shuffling forward. You're not just sitting. I also don't think the goal of this entire system as I've just kind of outlined what I would see myself doing. I don't think Bungie's goal is that you have an armor set from every season tucked away somewhere under the mattress. That that doesn't seem like the goal either. Because that starts to get absurd. And maybe that'll come back and bite me in the butt if they do something with Garden of Salvation. Maybe Bungie will say, you know what? Activity-specific mods aren't the same as seasonal mods, so Garden garden mods can go into the seasonal slot of any season. I, I think that's a fair decision. Uh, Nightmare Hunt mods, I think, should be able to go into any season slot. I think that's fine. Because we're shuffling forward all the time now. We're, and the seasonal mod, sure. But an activity like a raid that you get once a year? Eh, I, I should be able to go in there and do that. Or, or make it intrinsic to the armor. So just you keep the armor set and you can run, you know, you can run other mods or something and you have more freedom. And the armor itself has more value because it's endgame aspirational armor. Shift into gear. What are your thoughts on making grenade launchers, special ammo weapons, and toning them down significantly? I don't think this is the right call. I know we made similar, and you know, we made similar pieces of feedback for the way that they've handled um, the way that they've handled swords. We're like, oh, make them an energy weapon, slide them up, and make them an energy weapon. I don't think you can do that with grenade launchers, especially because there already is energy weapon or special weapon grenade launchers. Easy E. We don't have rapid fire heavy grenade launcher except Prospector, which has its own special damage, I assume. Do you think the creation of a new archetype is a trend we could see in the future is the right way to fix the problem? Maybe. I mean, I, it's hard to know because like, we have to remember that it's, it's weird to say this. We're still living under the shadow of Destiny 2 Vanilla. And I think that that's true even in the grenade launchers. Because much is like, oh, make grenade launchers stronger. And they're like, okay, cool, let's make them stronger. And then when they really analyze them and break them down, they're like, yeah, this archetype's kind of all over the place. Because it originally was at a time where it launched during double primary and p- pretty much everybody was using rockets. So I still think we're living under the shadow of some of the bad design in D2 vanilla. And they're still going back and having to fix some of that stuff. 
and I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised if grenade launchers are one of the things that just kind of they didn't really mess with any of those things until now they just gave them a damage buff it's Callan says with the shift in meta coming along with nerfs next season do you think the changes are justified how would you approach weapon balancing if at all if you were in the same position as the devs I think what they're doing is just fine they have never in the history of the game just left an outlier alone oh no that's fine yep no that's totally fine yeah Ikelos shotgun is doing more damage than all of the exotic heavies in the game no that's totally fine it's a legendary special weapon That's that's fine leave it be they can't do that, okay? The Recluse SMG, the Mountaintop, you know? I, these these were things that were doing, that were essentially well, well outside of their intended use. They were not intended to, to be used in that way. So, I I don't think I would I would approach it in 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 much of a different way. I I just I don't know if if they were to say. We're going to leave it. How do you motivate people to, to, to go to other weapons and to other things? People talk out of both sides of their mouth. They're like, well, I don't really have a need to chase anything because I already have an optimum DPS build. I don't care how many god rolls you throw at me. I don't know how many god rolls are in the game. I don't care how cool Charge with Light is. I just run this. It's an optimum build. Everyone's thinking like D1 players. What's the optimum build? Oh, you throw on this exotic and you get a god roll on this gun and you're basically done. You're kind of done. And then you could chase tier 12 if you wanted, but you really didn't need it. Bungie's trying to come up with a system where your armor is a part of your decision making. It's a part of your loadout. It's a part of your sense of strength. And everyone's just like, well, all that matters is the guns. What's the best gun to use? You're thinking like a Call of Duty player, right? You're like, what's the best gun? What's the best gun? Everybody wants to stand in a well and use Izanagis and melt bosses instead of being like, well, no. Izanagis and weapons like Whisper and 1K Voices and things, these weapons will still be strong. But if you want to get to like an optimum build, optimum DPS, you're going to have to do a little bit more thought and a little bit more min-maxing and a little bit more crafting instead of just throwing on some outside the bell curve weapon. Triangle Choke. Are you at all worried that Bungie has said almost nothing about next season or do you appreciate it being more of a surprise? It seems that they had a meeting at some point and said that the marketing of the seasonal content needed to be more subdued because it is less substantive than what most people are accustomed to getting. And when they hype up the train and they get the train going and they and they run a trailer and a stream, and they go, oh, everybody's, oh my goodness. They did the same thing last season. Even their stream was very, very subdued. So... El Pinto Loco. If Controverse Hold gets nerfed like many expect, do you think it can be an unfair nerf since Titans will still have Skull Fort for full shoulder, shoulder charge energy back and Hunters have the one-shot uh, knife cooldown reset without even needing an exotic? Yeah, that throwing knife from the Hunters is probably going to get looked at. The tracking on it seems kind of broken. I've seen some clips that just don't make any sense. I don't know if that's because of latency or what, but the tracking on that kind of seems broken. So... Now, as far as Skullfort goes, I don't know if Skullfort's ever going to get the footing that some of these other exotics get, because you know it's not it's not one-eyed mask. And also, I I think some of people's concern about um, I think some of people's concern about like shoulder charge and you know Lord of Wolves, some of these other things. 
people are like, oh no, trials, trials, trials. I'm like, I don't know if this stuff's going to get the traction in trials because it's more of a slowdown. It's more of a slowdown game mode. And if you go charging in to try to shoulder charge, you're going to die, likely. And then the enemy's going to have your ghost. And in, if you've never played trials, and, and a ghost in enemy territory is really, really difficult to overcome. Those early sloppy picks can really, really turn the tide of a match. Ramblin' says, Controverse issue is not the cooldown. I'm not well-versed enough to talk specifically about Controverse, but I do know Handheld Supernova is likely to get nerfed in an indirect way. I feel like Handheld Supernova, left unchecked, will feel like Firebolts in D1 when Viking Funeral made them absurd and it was so easy to control map because they were so strong. You could basically prenate every corner and just always have really, really good map control and also sometimes get a nice early pick because you could make somebody so weak, you'd push them and sneeze on them and then you'd be dead. Like, Firebolts got indirectly nerfed. They may do something similar with Handheld Supernova. They may indirectly nerf Handheld Supernova. Um... There's no counterplay to controversy damage resistance. You just die. Okay. With respect to some of the other concerns people have about, you know, Skull Fort, Shoulder Charge, or Lord of Wolves, or Mindbenders, or, you know, oh, Mindbenders is too strong too. Mindbenders is actually stronger than Lord of Wolves. I don't exactly think a lot of those things are going to become a problem in Trials because when you slow things down and there's only three players, it's not like 6v6 we're going to find some dum-dum on a corner or somebody overextending or sitting on a choke point. You're going to play against teams that are going to really take advantage of the fact that you're playing sloppy and aggressive and you're going to regret it. Um, there were numerous times when I was very early to the idea of trials. I'm not a, I'm not a good player by any stretch. I'm not, I'm not rambling, but I'm an experienced player. I'm, I'm pretty decent at shooters, but I was horrible about decision-making. I can put down some decent shots. I, can, I I know where to go. I know where to position myself. But decision-making, I was terrible about it. I would overextend all the time. I'd be unaware of my teammates moving and shifting, and I wouldn't move with them, and I'd get pinched. Like, my decision-making and awareness was always my issue in trials. I would always overextend. I would always be in compromised positions where I would get pinched early. And that right there throws the, throws the, the round very, very quickly. So I don't know about... A lot of the things that are that are getting complained about in Crucible right now, if they'll have the same traction and veracity in trials as they do in like sixes. Um, so we'll just have to. Some of this we'll have to kind of wait and see. Ramblin says handheld is a little strong, but I don't see it as a major issue compared to controverse. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not well versed. I don't even know what controverse does for people and why people bring it up. I know handheld gets brought up because it's just like. It's it's one of those it's one of those things that feels cheesy. It's like that one hit kill cheese that people hate. And it's like, are you angry because it's one hit kill, or are you angry because it's it's frequency, or is it too easy to use? Like fusion grenades at the end of D one, it felt like everybody was using fusion grenades, and their tracking was kind of similar. Controverse lets you survive a ninety RPM sniper. It lets you tank while holding the grenade. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. So it's empowering. So it paired with handheld is a problem because it's empowering aggression on lanes and choke points, and that aggression's empowering you to get closer. And then the grenade just beca- kind of becomes the finishing move. Is that is that kind of what people are doing? They use it as an aggressive push. You don't have a counterplay. They're immune. They hit you with a grenade, and now you're dead. And you felt like you couldn't stop them. It was kind of like whenever you saw a one-eyed mask recluse titan with their overshield, and you're like, I'm dead. It was like it was like seeing Godzilla come at you. You're like, I'm not killing this person. Um, 
It's like Juggernaut. Okay, now I understand. I never had the full grasp on why people always paired the two together. I'm not a big PvP player. So, it's 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 likely then that they indirectly nerfed that build by doing something too controversial because it it again but again, as I was just saying, related to what I was just saying, I don't know if that type of aggressive play is going to get a lot of footing in Trials. It's going to be really hard for you to find somebody isolated to do that to. It's going to be tough, right? You go charging in thinking, yeah, yeah, haha, controverse, I'm going to get this guy. Oh, I got team shot. Frick, I'm dead. Like, you know, um, it doesn't kill you. It just increases shields. I still die to shotties. In any case, it seems like there's some sort of an issue there that could use some tweaking. I don't want to get down into the the it isn't it is counterable, it's not counterable, it's too strong, it's not too strong. It sounds like it enables aggressive play that maybe need looked at. I would leave that one up to the testing and to Bungie. But again, keep in mind that trials sometimes makes it really hard to play that way. Trials is sometimes more about patience and angles and getting that first pick than rushing in like a dummy. Um, unless you, I mean, sometimes after round one, you're like, you know, you're like, these players are bad, let's push. But, uh, you know, once you get into truly, you know, good matches and well-matched stuff, you know. I know there's a lot of people here, the the viewership has kind of spiked because we're getting really, really close to reset. If you're enjoying the back and forth, it's like an interactive podcast. I, it's also family friendly, so you can have me on at work or you can have me on with the kids around. Uh, I stream pretty much every day. It's kind of like a podcast you can lurk to and listen to, game to, keep me on in the background. If you're enjoying your time here, click the follow button and turn on notifications. That's a free way to support me and show up every day. Resets in two minutes, and I'm going to tell you right now, the quest line is not opening today. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Dylan confirmed on Twitter that even if we do hit the Empyrean Restoration goal today, which we are likely to hit it six or seven hours probably after reset, that sometime this evening we are going to hit it um and when we do there is no quest there is no mission so i i'm just gonna kind of put your put your hopes uh to bed it's likely to probably land on friday or tuesday next week because it is probably going to require some sort of an update to go out i'll comb through now all of the weekly reset stuff with you guys we always start with the eververse this is the ship that i've been waiting to buy with bright dust i think it is really really cool i'm gonna really really gut my bright dust collection because i really really like this gigantic disgusting ship the prod i love it (laughs) the bigger the ship uh the better so that is available for bright dust this week along with the byzantium lotus shader uh it also looks like there's a viced foundry set that you can get i've actually not seen that what is that oh that's the ship it's the front of the ship They've got the zoom in. I was going to say, the front of the ship's kind of small. Um, so, and there's a tweet in chat that we're trying to get a lot of attention on. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Thank you, Mel. You are super sweet. Uh, there is an LA event for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and I would love to go. I didn't even know about it, so I told my agent to look into it, and I'm trying to kind of get on Ori and Major Nelson's radar. Like, I would love to go. Ori is a very special game to me. I started my streaming career with it. Uh, let's go down here to more Bright Dust. Oh, the Lord of Wolves ornament is Bright Dust this week. The Packmaster's Command. That thing is nasty looking. Uh, Amalon Shell and the Amalon Sparrow. Um, thank you to everybody who has liked that tweet. I greatly appreciate you supporting uh, the channel like that. Um, I like. I literally five years ago started streaming with Ori. That game convinced me I wanted to become a streamer, and the sequel's coming out like right around my five-year anniversary. It's so serendipitous. I would love to be able to go to the event. It would be it'd be a really cool moment. Um, so let's go check Spider. 
we're gonna go check spider uh we'll start donating after q a uh to help hit the hit the uh the goal as fast as possible so thank you to everybody who has tweeted retweeted and, co- and replied to that you guys are the freaking best it might not turn into anything again i had my i'm having my agent look into it and see if they have a contact uh my agent is actually in la and she may be able to find something out for me um spider's decent okay let's check him gab why do you think Bungie doesn't give us more than one rocket per magazine? I'm not actually sure. This could again go back to the era of double primary, and that was a way to kind of keep us in check because rockets were a lot stronger back then. I don't even know when they nerfed them and by how much, um, but it was uh, it was a bit of a difference. It was a bit a bit of a different time back then. So my agents in LA listen to this guy. Oh come on! I'm just talking. I'm not trying to be that guy. It's Barry and Bo. Can you buy Barry and Bo with shards? No, you can't. Oh, it was so close. It was so close, chat. Barry and Bo for glimmer, and then Barry and Bo not for shards. Dang it! I, I have a lot of Barry and Bo. I can plow through here. I don't need. I don't need 1,400 Barry and Bo. So it's slightly helpful but it's not to uh it's not going to help me as much as i hoped so that's unfortunate barry and bow for shards would have been a freaking perfect synergy because i have like 200 uh, i'm sorry 2000 shards so here i'll keep this up for folks yeah the rocket magazine thing probably harkens back to d1 vanilla double primary um sweat has entered the chat <laughs> uh Johnny5 says, as an original D2 player who returned in Shadowkeep, do we have thoughts on what can be done to handheld returning, oh, handhold returning players a little bit more? I was completely overwhelmed when I returned. I'm going to change characters just in case there was a cutscene. There probably isn't, but just in case there was a cutscene. I'm going to switch players. Yeah, there wasn't. All right, I'll go back to Spider so people can kind of see what's going on with Spider because it's donation day chat okay let me reread this oh look at that giant ship dude it's sexy isn't it uh as an original d2 player who returned do you have any thoughts on what could be done about hand holding returning players i was completely overwhelmed this is a tough one i've gotten this question recently a lot if they focus too much attention on returning players or new players then it i it the, the the danger is okay the danger is the ROI on that is difficult to is difficult to measure. So if they devote a bunch of time streamlining the early game, there's a couple of questions I would have. How much time are new players even going to mess with all of the vanilla content, all of the campaign, adventure, all that stuff? How much time are they going to mess with it? Is the lion's share of those co- returning players, is the lion's share of those players are they even concerned with those things? So they even give a rip about those things. That would be my big question. My second question would be, is that something that is a front burner priority issue right now? And I come to the conclusion that those both get kind of a, ah, maybe, I don't know. Like that's up to Bungie to decide being a free to play entry point and getting those players in and having fun. So they turn into purchasing consumers is obviously important. Primarily, I think Bungie sort of leaning on the season pass to do that. As long as you're playing this game, as long as you're doing stuff and leveling up, every time you level up, this thing is barking at you to come here and they make it very, very front heavy. So by the time they get to level 10, my thought would be, and this is probably 
at least part of Bungie's thought on the process is they get to level 10 and they're looking down here at all the stuff they could get if they just ponied up the $10, right? This is far more likely, I would think, pure speculation here, this is probably far more likely to convert people into spenders than like streamlining the vanilla experience, if that makes sense. I'm not trying to shoot down your suggestion, by the way. Golden Boy, friend of mine, said when he got back into Destiny recently, he was like, I was overwhelmed. Alex was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And a lot of people responded and they were like, it's pretty it's pretty dense. It's, it's pretty thick sledding. And he was like, it's very, very overwhelming. So there was no new cutscene, Willie. So like when he said that, I was like, yeah, they could definitely afford to soften things up. But again... Is that the right ROI? Is that the right thing to focus on? I, 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 I truly don't know. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I just don't know if it's a front burner issue right now. They're really probably more than likely focusing on trying to feed us content. The paying consumers need to be fed content more than free-to-play players are given a streamlined experience. Will they eventually streamline it? Yeah, probably. Do you even play the game, Lono246? Why are you talking about this game you obviously don't know about? <laughs> Shut up, Ferris. Vorpal. Do heavy grenade launchers need more variety of perks? Currently, uh, only spike or proxy nades are sought after. Uh, how about a waveframe style grenade with demolitionist? Uh, yeah, there could probably afford to be some new perks put on grenade launchers. Unfortunately, what Bungie has done is they've made spike even more important. Um, <laughs> they just nerfed. They just sort of nerfed the uh, the grenade launchers. And now everybody's gonna be like, "Well, to make back some of the difference, you're gonna want to run spike grenades uh, to make ba- to make back some of the some of the difference on the damage." So anytime they 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 hobble a weapon, people if they continue to use it are going to even more so prize the damage perks. Now that could mean that Bungie could say, "Hey." Because we did this, we have now room to add a couple more perks on there. Spike's not the only damage perk. There could be some other ones. Um, There could be one where each subsequent grenade adds a buff to the next. So as long as you're hitting the same target, if you're accurate enough, you could do sort of a... It'd almost be like a swashbuckler. It would be like one, two, three, four, five. And the fifth grenade would cause a huge detonation and give you a lot of damage. There could be some things like that where they could say, you know... Hey, we could do some more damage perks on those. You know, full court's in there, but full court's hard to even know when it's working. Um, and it, it, I, I don't, I don't know if it even does it even pop up on the screen. I think you're just supposed to kind of like gauge, like be far away, try to be far away. <laughs> like it, it's hard to even know. So, nightshade. Will we have a true reason to masterwork a full set of armor? Yes, because even now, if I, if you were here a little bit ago when I was showing my infinite ammo build for swords and machine guns, you actually have to spend quite a bit of resources in order to do that. You have to have armor that's you know, it's pretty, pretty leveled up uh, if you're wanting to do that. And so I can definitely see them saying, this is one of the things that folks have been saying, right? They're like, it's so expensive to do charge with light. Right? It's so expensive to do charge with light. Well, they kind of have to do that. And one of the reasons they have to do that is it has to be painful for you to disrupt your entire loadout. Right? If you're going to disrupt your entire loadout, then number one, they have to make it reasonable. Why would I do this? Well, charge with light's got some pretty strong stuff that you can do. Oh, okay, cool. So you can't just like slap that on top of your existing build. There has to be a slight 
a slight pain in the decision of like I'm gonna trade this to gain that handlaid stock in destiny one handlaid stock gave you a ton of stability but it hurt range brace frame gave you a ton of stability but it lowered your mag size that kind of trading one for the other thing I do think needs to continue to be in the armor 2.0 system because if you don't do that then people can just kind of like do whatever they want solar brawler today those of you that like to run the genji 1000 uh way of a thousand cuts build and strikes with the hunter solar and brawler is fun the nightfall strike is pyramidian the ordeal and then the three nightfalls are the corrupted exodus crash and garden world uh i forgot to read through these sorry's uh, the milestone, uh, sorry, the, the modifiers on, ooh, Solar Brawler again in Sundial. That's right, they match strikes usually, don't they? That is a really, really fun one for two. There's two really good builds here. Um, there is the Peregrine Greaves build, really, really fun on a Titan. And then Ophidia Spath with, uh, with Knife Trick on a Hunter is really, really fun. There's two really, really fun builds anytime it's Solar Brawler. You should definitely try out Ophidia Spath, Knife Trick, you feel like Genji. Really, really fun uh, build to uh, to enjoy. There was not a new cutscene, no. And for those of you wondering if we're going to get a mission today, we are not going to be getting a mission today. Dylan confirmed the mission that we're going to unlock, even if the Empyrean Restoration gets done today, no mission. The mission will likely land on Friday or Tuesday. Um, he hasn't said that. That's my estimation. That's my prediction. If you're new and you're enjoying the conversation in the back and forth in the Q&A session, this is like a family-friendly interactive podcast you can listen to throughout the day. I stream Monday through Friday. Click the follow button and turn on notifications uh there's a lot of there's a lot of uh good times and conversations had here we appreciate a lot of the new names in chat lono hates warlocks you know i really like that melee projectile thing the warlock can do i didn't even consider giving a thought to a brawler build for them that's actually a really fun i did that earlier really long distance i was like i've not used this enough this is actually pretty cool yeah, you run that with sun braces. It's probably pretty good. Jay Hale, how significant is the fighting liar and RPM increase? I honestly, I, I don't know. I have to experiment with it. I don't use it enough to comment. Fuzz bounce. With so many people getting fatigued with Destiny, do you think the content droughts were actually good for the community? People would leave the game a few months, come back refreshed. Now people feel like they have to play all the time. I, I can understand this take. I don't agree with this take, but I can understand why somebody might think this. Uh, population yesterday was pretty low. Mondays, that's not surprising. Everybody's kind of waiting for reset day, so today will probably be a bigger number. 864,000 people played yesterday. That's actually, I think, the lowest it's been. That's actually really good, though. We used to get down into those numbers in January, and we're almost at the end of February, and we're just now having days where we dip under a million players a day. Um, We used to hit that a lot earlier in the year. Free to play, free to play. I don't think free to play is padding the numbers that much anymore. Free to play has been out for a while uh, since October. Uh, we're almost in March. So I actually don't think droughts were better. No, I, 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 can, I can resonate with what you're thinking, but here's, here's, the, here's the mistake. People did the same thing even when there were droughts. It's not like their play sessions or their, their time lasted longer. And I can very easily prove this to you. You can go back to a video I made in November of 2015. So almost five years ago, November of 2015, we were two months out from Taken King and people were like, I'm bored. There's nothing to do. And I was basically like, well, it's okay to take a break. 
And keep in mind, we were in November with nothing on the horizon. We were not in a new season. We were not going into a new season. We didn't have another spring season around the corner called Season of the Worthy. We didn't have a summer season around the corner. We had nothing. We had the April, I'm sorry, we had the uh, Age of Triumph. It was the only thing way out in the distance that landed, you know, what, before the summer or something. So, at that time, even when they did droughts, people did the same thing. They would blitz the content for anywhere from three weeks to a month, and then they were like, ah, there's nothing. There's nothing to do, I'm bored. And people do the same thing now. The difference is, is that they played Season of Dawn all of December, got into January, and they're like, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. Oh, good news. You only have to wait until March for new stuff. Instead of Sorry, you blitz the content in Warmind, or you blitz the content in in um, Curse of Osiris. You don't have to wait two to three weeks. I'm sorry, two to three months instead of one to two months, and you have to wait longer. And arguably, you're going to burn through the content just as fast. So there were longer intervals of droughts. There were longer periods of time with nothing to do. Because even if right now you got into January after Season of Dawn and you were like, I'm kind of bored. There was still stuff coming. There were exotic quests coming. There was Empyrean Foundation coming. There was Crimson Days coming. There was still stuff happening. Even if you didn't like it or you didn't think it was super substantive, there was still stuff coming. When you got to the end of Warmind or Osiris, there was nothing on the other side of that. Nothing. And the only way they made a lot of that content last was they trickled out the armor and escalation protocol and they trickled out the guns in the forge with Osiris. They basically had to keep the keep the gear from you. At least in this format, they didn't keep any of the gear from us except for like what a couple of exotics. The gear was available either within the first couple of weeks and you could spend the whole season going for it. And obviously, the grind got better as the season went on. I thought that was pretty smart. If you leveled up the obelisks, the frames complete faster. If you leveled up the season pass, you got more perks on the guns. Like that was actually a really smart way to sort of say invest on the front end of the season and on the back end you go for all the weapons. I thought that was really really smart. So, I I, you'll never, ever, ever convince me to go back to the old format, ever. I've been playing this game since the beta of Destiny 1, and I've watched the ups and the downs. I've watched the player base go up and down. I've listened to the feedback. I've made my own criticisms, complaints, and, and defended the game where I believe it de- deserves to be defending. There's absolutely no way when I zoom out on this game for the last five years, I will ever, I will ever go back to the DLC format with droughts. It was awful. And I've said this many, many times. Imagine right before Shadowkeep, and then also imagine right before Rise of Iron. If I could go back in time and be like, hey, you're about to go into Rise of Iron. It's pretty cool, yeah? It looks pretty good? Okay. After Rise of Iron's over, you know, after about a month or so, there's nothing on the other end of that. There's nothing. You're going to get a rinky-dink little update in April. Was that what they did? Was it the April? No, that April update was after Taken King. I'm sorry. There's nothing. They're going to do like an Age of Triumph thing around the summer. Okay? Now, I want to show you Shadowkeep. I am from the future. I'm showing you Shadowkeep. Looks pretty good, right? New planet. Actually larger than the Plague Lands. New event. Vex Offensive. Actually more involved than the Archon's Forge. New raid. Garden of Salvation. Actually bigger than Wrath of the Machine. Yeah, it's pretty nice, isn't it? It's pretty cool. Okay? Yeah, this is going to come to a close after like a month, after about two months, you know, it's going to come to a close. And then another season's on the way, and I show you that calendar. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Every week's got something going on almost. A couple dry weeks, a couple dead weeks, every season. I'm not done yet. No, no, no. Don't go away. I'm not done yet. Come back, come back. Okay, here, here's the calendar for the next season. This season lands in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of weeks, bunch of stuff, new activity. Yeah, trials. Isn't that crazy? Trials come back. Wild, right? Look at all this stuff. Every week, 
Every week there's something going on. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not done. I'm not done. Hang on. Hang on. Here's another calendar. Here's another calendar for the summer. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. What, how much does this cost? Oh, it's $60 for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, what was what was Rise of Iron? 35 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> you would be like, how can I go to there? I want to go to there. In Destiny 1, you wouldn't have hesitated. You'd be like, that is, that is great. That looks amazing. But my vendor resets. Come on. This is such a better format. This is such a better format. Inst- it's it's not and I and this is the last kind of way I want to put it before I move on to the next question. Seasonal format with weekly things, monthly things is far more in line with hobbyist player habits and a live service game than here's a DLC, burn it for a month, buy. That's not hobbyist. That doesn't make any sense. Like what they what they used to do was like this, like, like the, the oh player base numbers, oh yeah, and then like a month later it's like, and then everyone's like, there's nothing to do. I'm not playing. There's nothing going on. I have to wait months before anything happens. That is totally out of step and out of sync with a with a hobbyist live service game. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's like why why would I do that? That's not a hobbyist live service game. What we have right now is there's always something to kind of log in and check in on. And then when it comes to a close, the season comes to a close, we're going to do it all again. New seasonal rank, new artifact rank. They need to add seasonal rank to the NPCs and give them more vibrance and more depth. That's true, but add that. If they can, add a new seasonal activity, new loot, new stuff. Trickle it out. Week, week, week. Exotic. Here's this. Quest. Here's this. Here's a live event. Here's this. After a couple months, you're like, it's winding down. I'm going to start getting ready for next season. I'm going to start getting armor, start gearing up, getting my currency up. I just, I don't, I don't know. It's like I, content that disappears and all the calendar stuff you mentioned is super weak. A campaign with new strikes and a raid is undoubtedly better. Um, the raids in Osiris and Warmind were not raids. They were raid layers. And I can't be wrong if the player base is responding more positively to it. You're allowed to dislike this new format. You are. You're allowed to dislike it. You're completely fine to say that. But to say that I'm wrong and that the other way was better proof is in the pudding man they're never going to go back to your preference they're simply not like more people are playing it's a more sustainable player base it's more predictable that's better for revenue that's better for money that's better for the sustainability of the of the of the of the game that's better for matchmaking listen if they can stabilize crucible so that it doesn't hemorrhage players like it has this game will be one of the strongest long-standing franchises to ever attempt to do what they've done if they can fix crucible if they can get get it to stop hemorrhaging players cuz during during October and November it was amazing it was like a million players a day in PvE and a million a day in PvP so they can fix if they can get the crucible to stop hemorrhaging players i'm telling you like the proof is in the pudding you're allowed to prefer the old way i'm never going to tell you what you should prefer i'm simply going to tell you that this is working this is the way big daddy patty would you agree that the perception is often that Bungie attempts to artificially inflate the difficulty of PvE content with various weapon nerfs? Do you think that's actually their inher- their intent with these changes? If so, what could be done to counteract this? I don't think they're nerfing stuff to make content harder. I'm th- I think they're trying to nerf stuff so that you're more thoughtful about your loadout. 
No, like there were there were plenty of people this season that started telling me in January, Lono, I don't care about charge with light. I don't care about my stats. I don't care about my mods. Content's so easy. All you gotta do is run Izanagi's. All you gotta do is run this, right? It that's a very Destiny one way of thinking. Run the meta exotic, get a god roll gun, and just go to town. Boom. No, you don't need to worry about any of your stats. Okay. I think. I think Bungie, what I said yesterday is picture as if there's two lines. Raw damage is down here, optimum damage is up here. Right now, you can get to optimum damage and do almost nothing on your armor or your armor 2.0 or your loadout. And I don't think that's the ideal. I think the ideal is raw damage would be more down here. Optimum damage is achievable only through min-maxing, customization, and the right and the right synergies. Currently, the armor 2.0 system isn't really pulling you into it to consider like, oh, what are all these things I can do? I mean, Error does this interview with PC Gamer and he's like, everyone's sleeping on charge with light. That to me is a sign that Bungie sees the potential of creating a bunch of really, really good strength and power within the armor system, but they're not going to really draw your attention there until they kind of say, you're not going to be able to blaze through all the content within Izanagi's anymore. You're not going to be able to just sit back and play passive. You're not going to be able to run something that's that's raw damage output is so absurdly high. Because more than likely, they ran tests and they're like, well, if we nerf snipers in Izanagi, everyone's just going to go back to grenade launchers. Aggressive spike grenade launchers can do so much damage in such a short amount of time. Everyone's just going to pat, you know, clamor back to them. If they wound the, the weapon a little bit, lowered a little bit, who knows what we could do to make it stronger there could be new perks on the way for grenade launchers maybe there could be seasonal mods that enable you to you know raise the uh raise the lethality of the weapon or the or the damage or something like one of the other things i think people forget too is you have raw damage that you can always buff you can buff it with a well you can buff it with the tether you can buff it you can use a deep is it a debuff with tractor is that how it works i always forget how tractor works like there's so many things you can do to stack on top of your already existing strength like the thing is whenever if you if you're going to look at the example i gave yesterday my tranquility sniper has box breathing on it and i was also running enhanced you know relay defender um, the way the way that I was approaching that fight is I learned I didn't even need box breathing I didn't even need it I was so strong what I was doing with the weapon got the job done without box breathing okay again raw power is so high I don't even need to consider what can I do with my perks my armor my synergies to hit optimum DPS I'm well above optimum DPS and I didn't have to consider any of this stuff so I love you, Lono, but it's hard to believe they actually run tests properly. Cool, man. I really don't care what people that don't work at Bungie think about their processes and their testing because you know nothing. You know more than... You don't know more than me, and I don't know more than you. So when Bungie says our goal is this to achieve this, I just have to say they have a successful franchise for five years, they've trotted out content before and we've played it and done and been too strong and they've had to rein things in like this has been going on for five years so to act like i like i don't really endorse the cynical sort of armchair criticism to be like they don't test anything they don't know what to do in they're a bunch of idiots you know nothing about what they do you don't you like in the nicest use of the word, you're completely ignorant about what they do in their company. And so am I. 
but like it's kind of like wh- what what's the point in making that criticism so like an 800 some employee company is just like yeah just shove it out yeah did we test it nah yeah just just shove it out let's just see what happens yeah who cares let's just see what what's gonna happen oh no stuff's really strong like that i i don't think that's happening either in general what i think happens is you have parallel development and Luke Smith tried to give us an like an insight into this. Parallel development leads to problems like what happened with Izanagi's. Izanagi's gets developed during Black Armory. It gets ignored for almost an entire year. Why? There's so many other means of outputting crazy damage. Whisper, auto-loading, they did the buff to grenade launchers, they did a really nice buff to machine guns. Izanagi's gets ignored, completely ignored. So then they, ro- they, they roll out difficulty spectrum, champions, champion mechanics, champion mods, all these things. Things, okay, and because they made some adjustments to auto loading and some tweaks and stuff, all of a sudden Izanagi's rides in and is like, "Hello, you've been ignoring me for 12 months. I am now the best weapon in the game." And people are like, "Can you believe this? Can you believe Bungie has to nerf it? Good job, Bungie. Did you test anything, Bungie? Did you guys even play your game, Bungie?" And it's like, that, 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 that it's not that simple. <laughs> like, like I guess when they created the Izanagi's probably 18 months ago they were supposed to be like you know what we're probably going to do in the future guys what we should really consider we're probably going to implement an entire new difficulty spectrum with four levels of difficulty and then rhythmic pain within that difficulty called champions and those champions are going to have specific rules and those specific rules are going to be mitigated by mods on weapons and those mods on the weapons are going to get completely invalidated by the izanagis we should we should be able to know that we should be able to see into the future and know that get like get a freaking clue like that doesn't that's not even reasonable there's literally no way they could have foreseen this problem. They can't look into the future. They can't always know where the game's going to go, where the game's going to head, and what they're going to undercut, nerf, buff, debuff, whatever. So these things just have naturally happened over the years. They have naturally had these sort of things of like, well, this weapon, it, it, you, it, it used to be fine. A really good example in PvP in, in Destiny 1 was when they nerfed the last word and the doctrine of passing, shotguns took over the crucible. Why? Because for every action, there's an equal reaction. They nerfed the mid lane shutdown and shotguns suddenly, re- people suddenly realized with a really, really good like rifled barrel shotgun, you could map people and it was really, really difficult for people to stop you because their their mid lane shutdown weapon got lowered that's just that's just always going to happen so whenever they lower other things and tweak other things all of a sudden something else rises to the surface and they're like Izanagi's is doing more damage than virtually every other weapon in the game like <laughs> like we can't we can't leave this alone is it not game design 101 to predict emerging gameplay you but but see that is that is like such a reductionist response to what I said. When they designed Izanagi's for Destiny at that time, there was no way for them to know that in a year's time they were going to completely disrupt the entire balance of the game with respect to stats, armor 2.0, what champions, four layers of difficulty. How are they emerging gameplay? You're not even using the right terminology. Emerging gameplay would be the emerging gameplay of the players at that time. Like what's going to emerge from this? You're not even really responding to what I said. 
what they did what they did in this present time with Shadowkeep and all those updates is they completely changed the fabric of the game the the flow of combat the 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 damage the deltas all of that's been changed they even they even changed uh, things like rampage and a lot of other things they've turned a lot of knobs the other thing that i think people continue continue to ignore in this discussion is armor 2.0 they're attempting to give you more control over your build than you've ever had you've you've never had you've never had this control you've never had this control over your loadout and it doesn't really matter so all all this season people have been saying that when i was on fire team chat you know uh destin said that i don't need to do any of this i don't need to go for min max builds i don't need to go for the best optimum builds there's nothing that really really pushes me okay bungie's like let's roll out grandmaster nightfalls it's gonna be truly aspirational content it's gonna be truly it's gonna be truly tough in order for us to do that we're going to have to chop a couple things down. Some of these things are going to completely invalidate our ability to design good content. Unless, as 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 Luke Smith said in his director's cut, do you want more Reckoning? Because Reckoning was crafted for our power at the time. The ability to basically spam supers. Phoenix Protocol Well, Orpheus Riggs Tether, and Skull the Dire Arhamkara Nova were so unbelievably strong that Reckoning was basically built for our power back then and it's not really fun content because of that super narrow it's a one solution thing it's just like yeah you gotta you gotta play this way right to the point that they've changed reckoning lower the difficulty right and now they've they've because they lowered some of those those exotic strength they lowered skull and rigs and phoenix they lowered their their ability and their and their um what is it depreciating returns is what they started to give them and so they, uh, in doing so, they had to kind of lower, lower reckoning strength. So a bungee is going to make truly aspirational content. They, they, it, what are they going to legislate every encounter than to Izanagi's? Because it's like people are like, well, the boss fights have stomp, so Izanagi's make sense. Okay, well, you can run a ton of other heavy weapons in those boss encounters. Sit back with a linear fusion. Sit back with a grenade launcher. Sit back with a machine gun. These are all heavy weapons that do great damage at a distance. It, like, it's. It's if you if you're going if you're going into a boss fight, you think you should be able to use a special weapon for DPS. I think you've been totally like you've been lulled into a sleepy thought process about the weapon system. You shouldn't be doing DPS on a boss with a special weapon. Like Ikalos and Izanagi's have have lulled you to sleep. Those weapons should not be they shouldn't be king DPS weapons. They're special weapons. They're, they're that's just never been a traditional thing in the game. Special weapons for DPS? No, heavy weapons have been the traditional DPS as well as supers. That's been the source of that. And if you if you look at their they're wanting to do that and then also have you sort of think I've I've really got to consider my loadout here. I've got to consider my perks. I've got to consider my mods, my stats. You're not going to do that if they don't lower raw damage. They did the same thing with the damage perks on guns. They lowered how absurd Rampage was and all the other ones, Swash and all of them. They lowered how insanely strong they were. And it kind of freed you up to be like, wow, Demolitionist is looking pretty good because they kind of lowered it. It, it kind of lets the rest of the game breathe. 
I gave an example yesterday. It's like when somebody brings a Christmas tree in a movie and it's too big for the room. It's all the way to the ceiling. There's no room for anything in the living room because the tree is way too big. Weapons are like that sometimes. They just they go all the way to the freaking ceiling. There's no room for anything else. Nothing else in the dadgum game can breathe. They're trying to mix things up. They're trying to re- re- revamp swords. Maybe there's room for rockets in the future. They can't do that if they just let you keep your prized possession that is King DPS. They made one shot do four times damage. Trust me, Bungie wanted you to use Izanagi for boss DPS. I highly doubt that. At the time that gun landed in the game, I don't think that's what it was intended for. I think it was intended for potentially invasions and gambit because that was the next season and there were so many so many other strong weapons at the time for better dps not to disagree with you at all but as a counterpoint when they nerf things and add catalyst shouldn't that be the time they revisit and start to look at things and potentially break the game go talk to bungie about that sweat i'm not like this the woulda shoulda coulda conversations are with love they're exhausting well shouldn't they have done it this way who gives a frick shouldn't they have added this before shouldn't this have been in the game at the launch woulda shoulda coulda is exhausting I don't care what they should have done in the past this is what they're doing now like woulda shoulda coulda is a pointless endeavor it is a waste of our energy to be like Bungie should have done this they could have done this this would have been better Okay, I, I like what what does that do in the conversation? I it's like they added a whole new armor system in Shadowkeep, and they're trying to tweak the game to be in line to make it matter. It doesn't matter right now. They're trying to make it matter, and in the process, things that you like are getting lowered a little bit. And and everyone literally lost their minds when they nerfed Recluse. Still a good weapon. They nerfed the Ikalos shotgun. Still a good weapon. They nerfed Whisper. I got angry about that. Still a good weapon. Everybody, geez, just calm down a little bit. Right? Just calm down a little bit. And then let's just wait and see what happens. Because they've nerfed tons of weapons that are still totally fine. Isn't that the nature of critique? No, that is not the nature of critique. The nature of critique is not, you should have done this. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Bungie. Should have done this back then. No, the nature of critique is, this is the present state of the game. This is the present state of things. Here's a way that it could possibly be better. Here are the pain points we are experiencing as players. We don't like this. We don't like stomp. We don't like that. Blah, blah, blah. This seems like an invalidated hand cannon archetype. We would like these things to be better. It's completely unhelpful to be like, hey, Bungie, you should have figured this out six months ago. You should have tested this then. You should have done this. That's like a pointless conversation. That's just like kicking dirt in their face. It's like, you should have. Like, it's like, no, this is where we are now. And, you know, here's where we'd like things to go. Whisper's still a sniper. It's a heavy weapon. Of course. So? It's a heavy weapon. (laughs) 1K voices is a fusion rifle, Zach. 1K Voices is a fusion rifle, so should all specialist fusion rifles do god-tier boss DPS? Because the 1K Voices is a fusion rifle, isn't it? Go look at its type. It's not a linear. It's a fusion rifle. It doesn't work. <laughs> that, line of, that line of thinking doesn't work. They're heavy weapons. They're, they're, there's a heavy bow in the game. That doesn't mean all other bows should function like the Leviathan's Breath. Irregular Pentagon. Do you think close range weapons need a buff? I used I would use weapons other than snipers, grenade launchers, but they're just not that great. 
I actually think fusions are in a better place. I feel like maybe they just need more ammo. I think charge time just leads to missed shots periodically. And I think if I had more ammo, I'd be more likely to use them. I actually think fusions have some really, really, there's some really good ones in the game, especially zealots is really nice. Loaded questions also really nice. Telesto is always great. Breaks the game all the time. Yay, Telesto. Uh, shotguns are still great. I, I think people overstate stop. They overstate how shotguns are worthless. I think they grind 980s and they sit back and going up close. As Paul Tassie pointed out last night, um, there's probably too many negative modifiers in, in endgame content right now, aspirational content, whether it's Legend Sundial or 980 Nightfalls or 980 Nightmare Hunts. I think there's too many negative modifiers. Um, it doesn't make for good combat. So if Bungie's going to make it a little bit harder to sit back and maybe want us to move forward a little bit, maybe they want us to use shotguns or fusions or swords more often, they're, they're going to have to lower some of the negative modifiers or give us some good ones. You know... I don't, I don't know. They could add a samurai modifier. When sprinting with a sword, guardians have damage resistance. That'd be a cool modifier. Because now all of a sudden you're like, eh, it's not so bad running up there. You know, I ran up there and I did a big swing and I got them all and then I got, went back into cover. Like, I don't know. That just off the top of my head, like, they could start to give positive modifiers. All they do is negative modifiers. So it's like you go into the content and you're like, well, this is going to suck. And what do people do? They just sit back. They just, it's just point, it's just pain avoidance. Endgame right now is just all about pain avoidance. They stack. They stack the negative modifiers. So you're, the, the mentality of the player is like, I, I, I'm just going to avoid the pain. And yeah, stop is in there because you're just like, <laughs> that's a, that guy's going to hit me and I'm going to go flying back. I'll just sit back here. Right? Oh, you made a comment and you weren't talking to me. Sorry, Zach. I was like, Zach, what are you talking about? I've had people use that reasoning before, Zach. Um... There's literally a Dawn mod that gives damage resistance when sprinting. There you go. I, but again, I'm thinking modifier hella speed. What, sure, I'll grant your, I'll grant that. That doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when I click on a 980 Nightmare Hunt, when I click on a 980 Nightfall, the negative modifiers, I think, are absurd. I, I don't think they lead to a good experience. Like right now, you have Genesis algorithm. Incoming void and environmental damage increased. That's great. Do I get void burn? No, not at all. Suck it, loser. What's the next one? Champion. Oh, there's there's additional champions. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, Togetherness. Base health regen is reduced. Oh, that sucks. If near another player, health regen is increased. Okay, what do you think that's going to do to people? It's time to butt hug. Time to hold hands, which likely means you're not going to be able to play aggressive split up or sprint match game suck it i hate you equipment locked i hate you champions barrier champions overload that's fine that's a new pain point in the game you can mitigate that with something in your loadout uh martyr exploding units have more health i hate you (laughs) like they're they're all negative they're all negative like slice that in half okay get rid of locked loadouts and match games get them out of there frick those okay take those out and add two that help the player just two like Start small. Like, I don't want to go into content that basically says, welcome, it's going to be miserable. Like, you're going to want to hide a lot. That just isn't fun content. They have to empower the player to play with a little bit more liberty. They got to give you a little bit more liberty, or that's exactly what people are going to do. Scouts, snipers, bows, linear fusions, everyone's just going to sit back. They're not going to want to push up because it's... You don't have enough agility. Like, there's not enough lateral agility. Okay, it's not enough lateral agility to say I'm gonna push up there, and if it gets kind of hot, I can get out. Right? That wasn't a woulda, shoulda, coulda comment. It was more about 
they more likely to do that already and probably knew this would happen and started working on it uh, on what to do moving forward the word should was just to pose the question isn't this something that you think that they would do already right but they don't let us into their process sweat so when they realized Izanagi's was a problem they didn't tell us hey guys uh, the date and time is December the 3rd at 4.03pm Eastern Standard Time Uh, we've determined in a meeting that Izanagi's is busted and we're going to be addressing it like they, they don't they don't let us into their processes that that intimately and to a certain degree part of me is just like what have we been doing for the last five years that we think anything else is going to be the result like what game have you been playing because in this game a gun becomes meta it's absurdly strong and then it gets nerfed suck it up or play something else Right? Like, they're not going to stop. You can rant and rave all you want. You can run to the forums and Reddit all you want. They're not going to stop doing this. Like, it's just kind of the nature of Destiny. It just ebbs and flows. Suddenly something comes in the game and Bungie's like, holy moly, that's really strong. Ikelos shotgun is what the frick's going on. Like, and then they nerf it later, right? So stop playing the game because you have criticism, Lamal. That's not what I said. You're doing a great job putting words in my mouth. Such a strong argumentation style. What I'm saying is, if you've been playing for this long, you just kind of have to accept they're going to do this. You are not going to get Bungie to stop nerfing outlier exotics or outlier weapons with your complaints and your indignation. It simply isn't going to happen. It's a waste of energy, emotion, and response. you You are wasting your energy and your time. So, if it's that frustrating to you, I guess stop playing or continue playing and accept that this is what happens. Whether it's, whether it's you know the 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 last word or doctrine of passing in D one, whether it's whisper, whether it's uh, well, sleeper didn't deserve its nerve. I'm still angry about that. Frick you, gambit. Anyway, it w- recluse like a lost shotgun. Outlier weapons get nerfed. Like I don't. If you've been playing this game for any sense of time to grow an attachment to something like Izanagi's, it really shouldn't be blindsiding when it gets nerfed. Are we really surprised? Was any did anybody wake up and be like, I can't believe it. A weapon that out DPSs all exotic heavies in the game is getting nerfed? That's unbelievable. I can't believe they're doing this. <clears throat> I actually love the game. I could care less if they nerf it because something else will rise to the top and get nerfed again. Well, generally that's what people forget, I think. Is a lot of your affinities and a lot of your your strong you have a real strong love for your Izanagis. Well, you love it because they took other things away from you. They indirectly nerfed a lot of your other damage strategies. With auto-loading took a nerf, right? Whisper took a nerf. Like, so you didn't love Izanagi's before. You loved dumping grenade launchers into the face of Galrin because you could just stand in a a well and (laughs) literally never reload. And we all knew that that was dumb. We're like, this is dumb. This is absurd what we're doing right now. Clung, 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 clung. Like, no thought. No, no, not difficult at all. We're like, this is absurd, man. You didn't think it was absurd that they put all this thought and all this in, like, ooh, Golgoroth is one of the coolest fights. And we stand in a puddle and just black spindle his belly till the end of time like come on and that's one that's a great fight it's a great fight now we probably still would have done one puddle which is disappointing i thought rotation method was really really fun 
we still would have won puddle but whisper I'm, I'm sorry black spindle just made it ridiculous and luke smith admitted in his director's cut that that weapon just probably shouldn't exist it's just probably just it shouldn't exist like black hammer like let's do that again let's go on that merry-go-round again let's throw that in the game and see what happens oh and it completely invalidates an entire fight ah that's great <laughs> wow i'm so surprised and then when they brought it back in D2, I was like, what? Really? Like, we've done this before, Bungie. Like, what are you doing? Are you guys sure about this? And then they did it with the last word. They're like, let's bring that one back. And then, they, you know, they're having to tweak it again. I don't know if it's going to be dead. It'll probably still be a good hip fire weapon, but, you know, it's not going to be... You're not going to be able to do the ADS stuff that people have been doing with it. So, I, I don't know. I, People call me a Bungie apologist. They say I defend Bungie no matter what. I've, I've taken them to task about certain things. I think that they over-nerfed machine guns. I think those could get some help again. They they, they, they over-baked that cake. It was a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, I, th- I think Sleeper could afford to maybe come back out of hiding. You know, they, they hurt that one a little bit. Um, and that's my baby. I love that weapon. But I just, I just accepted that meta builds don't survive except that that's the reality of the game you will not whatever you were doing to kill a raid boss in one phase you're not going to do that again a year later like there's going to be something else like there's going to be something else that, that rises to the surface I've seen you just as critical as supportive. Yeah, I mean, people just pick and choose. They'll ignore 10 videos in a row where I'm critical of the game, and they'll find one where I defend the game. They're like, this guy's a bungee apologist. It's like, okay. Congratulations on having zero critical thinking skills. Um, don't blame Gambit now. Blame Queenbreakers. Well, I mean, <laughs> Queenbreakers has nothing to do with Sleeper. Sleeper got nerfed because of Gambit. <laughs> I, I was so... When that happened, I was like, I know it's coming. I know it's going to happen. Everyone, everyone is complaining about Sleeper and Gambit. Freaking Gambit, dude. Ruined my baby. I love Sleeper. Um, such a sexy weapon. I love that style. That and the Outbreak Perfected, I think, are some of the coolest looking, looking guns in the game. Um, I don't know. I just don't think you can play a live service game... You can play. I don't think you can play a live service game and expect things to go untouched for long periods of time. And to be fair, to be fair, if they would have left like Izanagi's alone, people probably would have complained about that. They'd be like, "Well, that's great. You did all these new things with swords, and it's cool. You did all this cool stuff with the new mods and armor 2.0 and Season of the Worthy's got some really cool builds in it." But I don't give a crap about any of that. I'm just running Izanagi's. Izanagi's overrides champions. It's great for bosses. It's great for majors. I can use it anywhere for anything. It's awesome. Oh, and by the way, Armor 2.0 empowers me to keep ammo basically all throughout the content. I like never have to even worry about ammo. It's I it's there is a both and system now that's emerging in the game. It's a both and. Both your armor and your weapons are going to start to matter. And I think up to now, a lot of people could completely ignore their armor and only focus on weapon. Just run Whisper. Just run 1K Voices. Just run Izanagi's. Get a God roll, you know, primary, God roll, secondary, and you're good. You're fine. Go. 
armor it was, it was like hey, it was a bit of an afterthought i believe they're trying to have a system emerge where it's a both and system where your raw damage from weapons is good but it's complemented and, incre- and increased and made better efficiency and lethality is then complemented by and bolstered by your armor and i per, to me i personally think that that's a that that's a that's a, a, a likable system because now there's a lot more loot for me to chase, think about, comb over, and, and, and examine, as opposed to just get just get a couple of good guns and then run that for forever. You have to admit those two guns absolutely broke Gambit. I mean, did they, though? I- invading is still absurd. I mean, everybody, everybody just switched to something else. Did invading really get suddenly less annoying because they nerfed Queen Breakers and, 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 and Sleeper? invade with a hammerhead invade with all the other weapons that people like to use like pfft. it's like yeah just everybody runs truth like you're gonna run out of weapons eventually i mean it, it's just like the, the the efficiency of invasion didn't suddenly take a ma- magnificent hit when they did that i just think you're it's 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 harder to be like well machine guns like well n- no it's it's overshield and wall hacks <laughs> <laughs> it's not machine guns. The aim assist, sure, but I I don't know. It was completely... It was such an invalid decision, I think. Parasito. Sorry, Paris's question was next. That's why he was pestering me in chat. Bungie is constantly tweaking numbers and interactions. Is there room for a custom sandbox situation where players can go into a match or an event with custom mod- modifiers, similar to the old school Nightfall card green mods for example start a raid with crazy high archetype damage for people who want crazy strength um i've missed some subs i'm sorry uh i think i thanked insane dutch and joski rum swift with two months um and 20 months from denial and error thank you very very much um i appreciate your kind message to denial and error i'm sorry it took me so long to thank you for your sub um the thing with this idea, Paris, is I don't dislike the idea, but I don't think the time is right. This really... I don't know. Pestercito? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I. This is one of those times where I feel like people can throw out lots of good ideas. And my question is never, never, is this a good idea? It's sort of, is this the right time and would this fit in the game right now? And I don't think that it would. I think Bungie has to figure out foundational issues first. Aspirational content. Aspirational loot. What the frick is that going to look like? What, what What's going to be in a Grandmaster Nightfall? What's going to be in the Lighthouse at Trials? What am I going to get for Flawless? Aspirational content needs figured out first before they start fiddling around with this. This feels like a playground to me. Um which I don't want to call it window dressing, but it kind of feels like window dressing. It's like, we have some serious issues that need addressed that probably need to come before they start saying, hey, have a ball. Just create your own modifiers in the raid. Yeah, yeah, go have fun. I I love the idea of like, just like, that was so fun in Nightfalls. Like, <laughs> it was really fun creating a really, really nice Nightfall card. You could just blitz a Nightfall. It was fun. But I don't really feel like that's a huge need right now. I think there's far more foundational and more prevalent issues that need addressed before they start doing. This feels more. Um, this feels more fun. Um, so, Royal Duck. Do you think we will ever be in a place where weapons can be left alone and are all viable to use? Probably unlikely. This is a little utopian. Probably not possible. Nightshade. 
what is the ratio you think and hang on let me go back let me go back I also think the real secret is Bungie doesn't want to do that that's boring there is a secret sauce here that you don't even know you're eating okay you don't even know it (laughs) it's all part of the plan it's all part of the plan they if if it's I don't want to over I don't want to overexamine this, but I do think there's an element of when people get really upset and angry about a meta shift, they also tend to kind of play to try out the new meta. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a certain sort of uh, there's a psychological game going on here a little bit. You can never really get bored. Because you're like, well, I could use a rocket or a grenade launcher or a linear fusion or I could use this or I could use that. They're all basically the same. That's never really happened. Right? It's it's all part of the plan, man. Like, things rise and fall and your anger it's actually kind of part of what's... the. It's kind of part of the sauce. <laughs> You know, it's kind of part of the sauce. And you can be an old fuddy-duddy curmudgeon like Eugene and say, Oh, yay, one week of experimenting. Shut the frick up, Eugene. It's still fun, you frick. You old grump. It's still fun. It's fun to shift things around. It's fun not to constantly use the same weapons. It's fun. And, and... You also have to do other things too. Like you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to get this gun and I'm done. Like, especially if again, 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 if armor 2.0 really starts to bang as a both and both my armor and my guns matter, then it isn't just one week of experimenting. It's well, let me experiment a little bit, but then I'm going to compliment this build. Swords are kind of back on the table. Wow. The swords are really strong. Rockets are suddenly strong. Let's imagine rockets come back. You're going to start to want to craft the build around it. There could be seasonal mods you're going to go after. There could be builds you're going to go after. You're going to do that, synergize with your build, and then feel really, really strong. So, Nightshade. By the way, for those listening elsewhere, they're like, man, this guy's really hard on his audience. Eugene is a friend. <laughs> He's here all the time. He's a bit of a grump, and we love him anyway. <laughs> He's, a <laughs> He's a friend. Nightshade. What is the ratio you think Bungie's rebalancing weapons due to community feedback balance issues versus the weapons actually breaking upcoming content, for example, upcoming raid strikes or bosses? It, it seemed to me, and this is where Paul Tassie last night on the Rageless Roundtable was like, he kept saying, who was complaining about snipers? Who was complaining about snipers? And to me, I never really got a chance to say it to him. It's like, well, probably nobody, Paul. Like, nobody's going to complain that snipers are too strong. Uh, that, that, that's not like a thing. No one's going to be like, well, these are just too strong. Like, that's not, no one, no one is going to, uh, to, to, to complain about that. However, right. However, Bungie gave us a window into their reasoning when they talked about Grandmaster Nightfalls. We cannot keep ignoring what they said. This is, this is foundational. Okay. While the following changes will be coming out at the beginning of the season of Redacted, some some are in preparation of a new PvE challenging uh, challenge coming to later in the season. A new Nightfall difficulty, officially dubbed Grand Master, will test even the most proficient Guardians. We'll have more details on how this ordeal is coming in the weeks, but for now, we have information from the dev team on changes being made to ensure that we strike the right balance between challenge and reward reading that paragraph and then throwing your arms in the air and being like 
Bungie doesn't test their game. They don't know what they're doing. They just like to nerf our weapons. Okay, Boomer. Like, did you read the paragraph? Did you understand the paragraph? Maybe read the paragraph again. Like, it's so clear. They're trying to tell you, like, listen, we're trying to create aspirational content. We've got to strike a balance here. And in order to get there... We're going to have to nerf some stuff. Like your grenade launchers, your Izanagis, like these weapons are too strong that we can't, they're not, you're just going to, you're going to boot up two weeks in, a month in, you're going to go into Grand Master and be like, this content's a joke. <laughs> just run Izanagis. <laughs> like they have to do this. To, again, they said to ensure that there's a balance between challenge and reward. I understood it. I don't agree with the philosophy. You haven't put forth a different plan other than, I guess, what, buff everything else, Eugene? Like, I don't understand what else they were supposed to do. And if they make the content, if they legislate the content to Izanagi's or grenade launchers and they make the content to mitigate those strengths, guess what? They've just made content where you have to run those builds, just like Reckoning. You have to run those exotics and those supers because the content was made for those exotics and supers. That's narrow, that's awful, that's less player freedom. You're, oh no, don't take our power. In the name of player freedom, do not take our power. And then they'd have to make content to limit your freedom because you'd have to run those builds to beat the content because the content would be legislated for your builds. Uh, Lono, I doubt you'll ever run Grandmaster. It'll be too punishing with debuffs they have running. Uh, It'll be higher power enemies with awful mods on. Most of that sentence, uh, Pugs, is rooted in ignorance. You don't know any of that. They haven't said any of that. You're just making a claim that could be completely and utterly false. If it's true, I'll play it. I'll criticize it. I'll ask for changes, just like I did with the the negative modifiers in Legend Sundial, just like I did with the, the negative modifiers in Nightfalls. As much as I like the 980 Nightmare Hunts, I criticized those, those modifiers the other day. Look at Nightfalls right now. You don't know, Pugs. You just don't nobody does right now I just I really don't think they're gonna do that if they do I'll criticize it I'll say this isn't really aspirational content this is just stacking on and compounding existing problems and issues with end game content being too too painful and not fun and it's just too many stacked negative modifiers you know it's a fine prediction right it's a fine prediction but you could have said that about nightmare hunts nobody would have imagined I would have spent weeks going for those time trials that was really fun right you know, I actually really enjoyed doing the, doing the 980 Nightmare Hunts. And you would have probably thought I wasn't going to do it, but I actually enjoyed it. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll also have to wait and see if the seasonal mods play a part. The artifact mods could play a part. There's a lot of moving parts here. Everyone's just thinking about their weapons. They're not thinking about all the other things they add every season. Parasito, we're moving so slow through these questions. Okay, we're, we're okay. We're actually okay on pace. Um, why do you think... Why do you think people get so set in their ways with their loadouts and upset when they have to change? Every other live game with a sandbox does rebalances and it seems like the Destiny community disproportionately reacts over time. What makes Destiny different than all others uh, when it comes to this? I believe this is kind of related to what I talked about a little bit ago and I'm going to use my feather in the cap speech. There is something special about Destiny and I think it's related to the shooting mechanics. You develop a really strong attachment to weapons. You would develop a really strong attachment to how a weapon feels and sounds. We analyzed a bow this morning and how it sounded. That little that little slick sound that it makes when you pull the arrow back. 
just ooh, so satisfying and it's timed with the animation really well they have mastered something that I believe creates a much stronger attachment to your loot when you're playing Diablo 3 your axe or your pike not my pike what am I trying to say your axe or your sword or your crossbow you don't have a whole lot of attachment to it you're just looking at the stats you're like oh what are the stats Ooh, okay you get into destiny and you're like ooh, this gun feels good mm. and you get that nice reload going on is nagis and you're landing those shots boom boom like you don't take this from me that's why i get salty about sleeper sleeper was my baby i killed axis with vosik with sleeper i love sleeper sleeper was my go-to it was my go-to in in content it's why when that artist did that rendition of me for that one podcast that I was on, they put me in Wrath of the Machine Armor holding Sleeper. They knew for my stream what my favorite kind of my, my favorite gun was. And so I think we just develop a stronger attachment to our guns because they are part of the experience. Man, oh man, you that that gun in your hands, especially there is so much to Destiny that keeps the game going. And I think a lot of it is it's just so playable and just you feel cool i said this the other day the thing that bungie nails that so many other games struggle at is they make the mundane feel cool the most mundane activity i could go into a lost sector i could be running around popping heads in Trossland for a for a patrol i could be running an adventure a public event a strike a nightfall a raid no matter how mundane or repetitious it feels it you feel cool popping those heads, reloading the gun, hitting that melee, throwing that grenade, doing your super. And so you develop like this attachment. You're like, you took something from me is how people think about it. You're, it's not like, you know, guns in, guns in division or weapons in Diablo, where it's so much more of a focus on stats there's not an immersive aspect to those weapons the same way that a really, really good roll on a weapon like... I mean, one of the things I've talked about recently is this weapon right here, Line in the Sand. This thing is just... It is sexy. I love... This is one of the best-looking non-exotic guns I think they've ever made. I love this gun. There are so many pieces to it that are so cool and and I, I love the artistry and then you look through that you look through the scope and there is I don't know they, they they've done something with their game that so many other games struggle with and so I I think that's one of the reasons when people hear a nerf like get the frick out of here Bungie you're reaching into my inventory and you're messing with my stuff this is polished sea stone uh, that's the shader I'm running I actually got inspired. I ran into a guy in the tower that had this weapon with polished sea stone on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so nice looking. I love the texture on it. Um, and so that would be my my best ap- approach at answering the question as to why people get ticked off when stuff gets nerfed. Um, whether it's the Whisper or the Sleeper or Izanagi's or anything we we grow an attachment to weapons bungie from the bottom to the top of their game do something that is i think really you don't need to get fanboy to appreciate the level of artistry and care that goes into weapon design we broke down the sound effects one day on ace of spades and the animation and the slight glow and the look 
and the metal and the gun feels weighty and the way it shoots the recoil there are just layers upon layers on why ace of spades is just such a great weapon to use it just feels so good it's like an extension of you in the game you feel like you're holding that gun and the when Memento Mori is on, you hear the little extra ping, ping. It's layered in with other sounds, so there's multiple, there's layers to the sound design. It's not always, it sounds different when Memento is active. Like, I'm telling you, they they do something with, they do something with weapons in this game that so many other games really, really struggle with. And that's why whenever you try to play another game, it just doesn't do it for you. Borderlands, Division, Anthem, any of them. You're like, eh, I... It's not Destiny. It's something special. There is something special about Destiny. So when you're really, really, really attached to a weapon and they nerf it, you're kind of tick. You're kind of ticked about it. You're like, that is my weapon. That's mine. I love it. You know, that ship in this thing. In this thing, amazing. <laughs> it's so big. I love it. That's what she said. Remorse ninety one. Hey Lono, I recently watched some of your Master Nightmare Hunt guides. It seems like you had to depend on oppressive darkness quite a bit. Looking back, do you think it's even possible to do some trials as efficiently without it? Yes, because we were doing those under Delta. Um, we were doing those under Delta. Once you get to the Delta of that encounter, th- those encounters, you can you can do it without oppressive darkness. Digital Marine. Bungie seems scared. Uh, Two, but high quality loot uh, behind challenging content with the release of Grandmaster Nightfall. What do we think the reward must be to justify running it? I basically said Grandmaster loot, and it could be its own loot every season. Um, we can try 59.5 to see if it helps. Thanks. Sorry. I'm trying to get these glasses replaced. Uh, the uh, additionally, hang on before a couple of questions. Is this a new RX for you? And what material lens have you previously been wearing? This is the information they have on file. Um, that doesn't seem right. Distance PD, my distance PD number 29.5, 29.5. My PD number is 59. Oh, that's how they get to 59. 29.5 in each eye. I understand. Um, I'll have to look at that later. Um, shoot, I don't understand. Sorry, chat. I, I want to get these glasses replaced, and if I wait to respond, then it could be a whole other day before they process the request. Um, so... Digital Marine, Bungie seems scared to put high quality loot behind challenging content with the release of Grandmaster. Yeah, so my my feedback on um, what this was, Grandmaster, give us Grandmaster loot. Every season they could do new Grandmaster loot. And what I said last night on the Rageous Roundtable was Grandmaster loot would be like PvE's adept stuff and then Trials could have adept stuff as well. So there would be this sense of like there would be a sense of oh, there, there is a there is stuff way up here and it wouldn't be like recluse mountaintop we're not going back to the pinnacle stuff but a depth slightly cooler slightly special um and i think that 
they could then update that every season. Every season they could be like, hey, this season's Grandmaster loot is these three weapons in this armor set. Slightly cooler, slightly better, really showy, but not like, oh my gosh, if I don't get that, I'm never going to be able to do anything. That's the best stuff in the game. Same with Trials, right? Trials weapons in D1 that was Adept, it was slightly better. It had like one extra perk, but it wasn't the difference between an Adept Doctrine and a non-Adept Doctrine. It was like, you, you, could, just, you could get just fine with a non-Adept. I had it on Adept for a while. Um, how to, uh, trying to figure out how Adept items can't be Pinnacle. Well, think about it. What made the Recluse Pinnacle? What made the Lunas and the Not Forgotten Pinnacle Wars? They had perks you couldn't get anywhere else. They had perks that made them absolutely ferocious. I mean, the way that Recluse worked was absurd, okay? Having one extra perk on a weapon and then maybe a slightly different appearance or an ornament or something, that's not going to suddenly create a bunch of recluses and mountaintops in the game. Adept was was something very, very minor. You know, Adept had an element. Wasn't that the Adept part? No, there was something else. It was like increase something when the last you were the last fire team member alive or something. So if you were the last person alive in trials, your gun was slightly better. It was very, very it was minor. It was not game changing. It had last resort. Was that what it was? Is there a middle ground though? The new ritual weapons are met at best. I think the ritual weapons are a little too, um, like, crappy. I could envision Bungie saying something like this. You want to write this one down? Go for it. We're no longer doing ritual weapons. We are now doing Grandmaster weapons or Adept weapons or something like that. Trials will be where you can get PvP's Adept weapons, and Grandmaster Nightfalls will be where you can get PvE's Adept weapons. And this would be the replacement of ritual weapons. And they would say, we're wanting to go a little bit further. Ritual weapons were okay, but they didn't quite go far enough. But we don't want to go as far as pinnacle. Kind of in between, as you're saying. I could see them getting rid of ritual weapons and having Grandmaster and Trials being sort of the two places that hold PvP and PvE's adept weaponry and then every season you just update like oh we got some new weapons and trials this season we got some new grandmaster weapons this season and so you got your grandmaster loot and your trials loot and that's sort of like your 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 it's the special stuff it's not the best of the best of the best stuff genesis chain is the example i always give give it the genesis chain effect it needs to be unique and cool and memorable i think that's the uh that's the real ticket i i think that's their that's their go-to um it was not a new uh, prescription. And I'm not sure about the rest. Um, uh, shoot. I have to find the freaking picture that I sent. Dang it. Godzilla with the next question. I need to go faster these questions. I'm so sorry, guys. Godzilla, do you wish exotic weapons were shaderable? Clearly, it's in the game, and when you inspect a shader, it shades the primaries. Yeah, I would I would like this, because they let you do it to exotic armor. Draco Killa. Thoughts on a trade house in Destiny, similar to MMOs, where you can sell god rolls you don't want? No, trading's terrible. I hope it never comes to the game. I would I will argue tooth and nail uh, and, and get very very passionate about that. I never want that to come to the game. The loot pool's not deep enough for it. Uh, Moisty Toast, you think Bungie should have QA testers now that Destiny 2 is becoming so large? They do. It's all internal. Um, uh, I... L- Lavinos? 
uh, do you think nerfs empower you to try charge with light more uh, not just charge with light more probably their seasonal mods next season will be more likely to try uh, sweatpants do you think Bungie could handle a biannual DLC on top of seasonal content maybe that would satiate the players maybe is what you meant um, who aren't with the seasonal content they have less bandwidth now so the only way this is going to be possible is if they increase bandwidth or they outsource uh, Nintemic. Do you think that Spider should get an auction house? No. Keep your freaking trading out of my game. Clandered. My main problem with Charge with Light mods is affinity. Fusion rifle mods use solar, but Charge with Light fusion rifle mods are arc. That can't, that can't be right. Is that right? Uh, would it be wrong to be able to equip any mod of any affinity but would have it cost more if affinities don't match. Is that correct? Fusion rifle mods use solar, but charge with light fusion don't? That can't that's correct. Well then that seems that seems like they need to fix it. Um by rapidly defeating enemies with grenade launchers or rocket launchers. Yeah, they need to throw infusions on this. Become charged with light by rapidly defeating. They need to change that. Uh, because that doesn't seem that's bad synergy that has to be an oversight so you're saying charge with light mods for fusion are arc let me go here and read what it says become charged with light by rapidly defeating multiple enemies with fusion rifles or shotguns yeah that's stupid that should say swords or shotguns because um, here's another sword one right here so that should say swords and shotguns and then the solar one should say uh, it should say grenade it shouldn't say grenade launchers it should say rocket launchers or fusion rifles You get, r- grenade launchers have no business on there either that doesn't make any sense there's, there's some mistakes here. That needs to be adjusted. I, that, I don't know if anybody has done a good Reddit post and drawn this to Bungie's attention, but that's arguably... I don't want to use the word stupid, so I'll use the word dissonant. That's dissonant. That doesn't make any sense at all. Here we have linear fusion and sniper rifles, which... Here's a sniper rifle. Yeah, here's another one. Linear fusions are on void. That doesn't make any sense. Because linear fusions are solar, aren't they? Um... Yeah, linear fusions are solar. Yeah, it seems like they've made a couple mistakes there. That needs to be um, that needs to be tweaked. So that doesn't seem like a good that doesn't seem like a good synergy or a good system. That seems like they've 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 over overlooked that somehow. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they would have it set up that way. I'm trying to think of a reason that they would say, "Oh, we're going to pair those together and not allow you know not allow those things to." It should just be with the affinity that it makes sense with, right? Like, I don't know. Niche King. I'm sorry if this was asked before, but I just tuned in. Will the Anarchy take a hit other than the 10% grenade launcher damage? It will not. As far as we... I don't think it's an aggressive frame. Um, I don't know if there's a way to confirm that for sure. But aggressive frames... Ooh, maybe it is because it's a 150. Oh, shoot. Is Anarchy an aggressive? that would be really bad people would be very unhappy about that um yeah because outrageous fortune is a one is an aggressive um i don't know if we can purely base it off of the rpm though the blast radius is kind of low blast radius is really low on aggressives so i don't know if in the background they consider this an aggressive because man oh man it's blast radius everything is way higher 
Mm, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's an exotic. Yeah, but the undergirding archetype may still be there. We just don't see it. Wolves on the moon. Do you think that the prevalence of speed glitches in Destiny indicates that players think that the current speed or movement in Destiny is too slow? No, because this is what people have always done. Even when we could skate really, really fast in D1, people still tried to do that sort of thing. Droppy. Instead of buffing rockets, do you think that should allow them to carry two or three depending on the archetype? If they buff rockets, it'll still be another grenade launcher meta. Yeah, and there's a handful of things here. I talked about that at the end of my video. I said you know, intrinsic grenade, uh, grenades, horseshoes and grenades or grenades and horseshoes. Intrinsic that would be nice. Like intrinsic proximity detonation would be helpful because a lot of the enemies you're going to use it on are super agile. I was using a Zenobia and trying to hit a Centurion and he like did like one little sidestep three times in a row and you know and then um, as far as the two or three in the chamber that's another thing right multiples in the chamber and increased reload would help they're just not fast enough at really anything silent service I know you talk about leaving our weapons behind every new DLC or every year I say about every 18 months is my is my feeling on it um escape from Tarkov does a wipe where everything is deleted from a player's inventory and they add a new items and balance the game out would you want it to be that drastic well, you couldn't do that drastic. I mean, they've they've never ever done that, and so that would be a little too extreme. I think eight every eighteen months would be a good reason to kind of like let stuff roll off and become less prevalent, or you can no longer infuse it or something. However, I've come to the conclusion that the best way to do this would be to do in a similar way of what they did with Armor Two Armor 2.0 landed and we voluntarily got rid of all of our old armor because it didn't have the new digs. That's what I think they should do. So imagine in September, they're like, we've overhauled the entire weapon system. All weapons going forward will have all these new things and all these new customization options and all this new blah, blah, blah. And it's going to make weapons a lot more customized to your liking. Obviously, we would still be pursuing god rolls. It wouldn't be crafting. And that might be when Bungie finally decides to pull the trigger on bringing a bunch of the other weapons back into the game because there are so many weapons from year one that are static rolled still in collections. So then they would kind of basically fill the weapon pool in a significant way with tons of weapons and they'd be totally different. It would be like an armor 2.0 system where you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to put this Austringer away. I'm going to put this Ikelos shotgun away or I'm going to put whatever away and I'm going to start chasing the new digs. If it's a self-initiated, if it's a player-initiated loot prune, like we did with armor, that's preferable. If they can get you to initiate the loot prune where you're like, I don't need any of this weapons anymore, the new stuff's better, and then they spend the subsequent seasons rolling out new weapons with all the new digs on it, you would slowly just do that. You'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to not use this stuff anymore. It isn't worth it. It's not as cool. And then the real ticket and the real beauty here is they could do that for a year and then in September of 21 to 2021 they could go back through and do it to all the weapons you previously kind of got rid of and you could farm for them again with the new digs, the new cool stuff, the new hotness and get a lot of life out of the game as it more than likely comes to a close 2021 into 2022 um, it, it, it would be cyclical all the stuff kind of from the past D2 year one would kind of come in, bolster the loot pool, tons of new stuff to chase. You'd kind of let all that other stuff fade, you know, f- 
post forsaken loot starts to kind of fade you start to delete it it's not as nice it's not as cool and then september of 2021 comes around and they spend that year trickling back out a lot of the loot we previously had but it's all been updated with the new hotness kind of like they're doing with armor 2.0 escalation protocol armor is kind of that way right um they get a ton of capital out of stuff that was already in the game because eventually they're they are going to have to like do less development time and less bandwidth as they pivot to the next game would be my my estimation so you know reskin 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 sure but they they're going to have to do something they're going to have to do something to get by and i would think that that'd be the way to do it you get one more year of kind of like okay this is the year of the new weapon era and then 2021 would be like okay this is kind of our our coasting year where they would really lean on a lot of the old content and a lot of the old loot pools to you know give us stuff to do age of triumph was essentially that right age of triumph was we got to get people to the next game we got to give them something to do go back and reuse all that stuff irregular uh, pentagon do you think trench barrel nerf could be reverted due to the auto loading no longer existing? Boy, I would love to see uh, box breathing looked at before trench barrel. Bring box breathing back to greatness because then you could get a sniper with box breathing and high impact reserves and triple tap and like a lot of good combinations could exist there and you could really squeeze a lot more damage out of snipers. It, it This is where I think lowering a weapon's raw damage is helpful because you start to look at the rolls and the synergies between the rolls and your armor and everything else and suddenly snipers are great again because you got the right roll or the right perk bring box breathing back to its greatness now that they've really really hurt a lot of these um not hurt them but like lower them a little bit they could definitely bring them back to greatness problem with box breathing is they also have it on scout rifles and that gets a little touchy for crucible not for pve Huge package, congratulations. With the, with all these sniper nerfs, is it possible for Bungie to add a new sniper archetype called Anti-Material Sniper, which would be a bolt-action heavy sniper with high damage? This is just an idea you came up with, and I don't really respond to those types of questions because it isn't a question. It's just you sort of shoving out your idea. Thanks for the, the idea, but that's just not what we do here for Q&A. Clay Togs, this is more about your personal interests. With the Books of Sorrow being written about hive history, religion, and culture, what enemy faction would you like to have an, an in-depth look into? I would love to know everything there is to know about Rasputin. I find him to be the most interesting. I don't give a rip about the Fallen. I don't give a rip about the, well, kind of the Vex. I don't give a rip about the Cabal, the militaristic meatheads. I don't care about them. I care about Rasputin. I want to know. I want to know about him. I know, you know... I want to know about all those things that he, where he came from, how he rose to power, everything else. So, oof. I'm, I, I don't like doing that. I don't like doing that huge package, but like the problem is, is that's all QA turns into. Lono, what if they did a weapon where you do this and this and this, and then the perk is this and the perk is that, and then you can do this with the perk and you can do a backflip? And it's just like, I, that's just not, that's not good QA for me to just constantly interact with folks' ideas. Um, Tin Man. It seems mods are more focused on wep- to weapons. Do you think that the game could benefit from mods that affect supers and abilities? A mod that greatly increases super damage at the cost of recharge speed? Well, they did this for the Supreme Nightmare mods, so there's definitely room for this. Supreme Nightmare mods were really fun. Your grenade and super got a big buff in damage. It was fun. It really was. I loved melting bosses. 
It was dope. I, there's definitely room for that. They have already done it. Parasito. A lot of today's discussion is still focusing on Izzy. Is the grenade launcher side of the nerf possibly due to mountaintop still being so relevant, as well as spike nades? I don't really know. I mean, they they didn't give us a look that this deep Paris, so I'm just speculating that it was more to do with the fact that as soon as they did this to Izzy's, everybody was going to default to grenade launchers because they're still strong. And if they're going to make room for swords and rocket launchers, maybe down the line, grenade launchers were just in a place that were insurmountable. They can do so much damage in such a fast amount of time. They had to be reined in a little bit. I think it's probably a bigger picture than, well, we got to deal with mountaintop. Mountaintop could have been playing a part, but spike nade aggressive grenade launchers are just silly strong and nothing can keep up with them except for Izanagi's. And obviously... You know, the firing uh, the firing line linear fusion ro- you know rolls are going to be really coveted probably because of all of this. Uh, Roman, I know we've been talking about adept weapons for a while now. Have they been confirmed to return by Bungie? They have not confirmed this. No, it's just been speculation about what are you going to give to people for going flawless. And then obviously when we looked at the Grandmaster Nightfalls. By the way, if you've been hanging out today and you've been enjoying the show, the back and forth, the Q&A, it's like a podcast that you can interact with. I greatly appreciate seeing so many names in chat, so many new names. Uh, the support's been pretty uh, pretty awesome lately. I greatly appreciate you guys doing that. And it's also a family-friendly stream. If you like to have me on at work or like to have me on around your uh, your family, your kiddos, uh, throw me a follow. Hit that follow button. That's an easy way to support what I do. I stream every day and try and give you a show like this that you can kind of just lurk to, listen to, game to, work to, all that. Sunfire, do you believe with the sword changes in these sword nerfs, they're pushing us to the close range weapons due to next season's PvE activity being close quarters based? I mean, that's kind of like, (laughs) that's exactly what they did in Vex Offensive and in Sundial. They're super close range. That's why I've continued to say scouts and snipers struggle to find space. They find space in really hard content like 980 Strikes because you kind of sit back. But a lot of the content, you're right on top of the enemy. So, I'm kind of excited for swords to maybe be better. Do you think Bungie should give Oxygen and Luna's and Not Forgotten treatment and change it to the 150 archetype? This is just, again, too specific of a suggestion. I don't really interact with ideas like that. Sweatpants, do you think that we will have to reacquire exotic weapons to get upgraded versions of them if they do weapons 2.0? I'm not familiar with how the exotic armor worked, armor 2.0. They converted it, but you didn't have really, really great stats. I, I don't know how they would do that. I don't think that they would make you re-earn exotic sweat. In fact, I think the weapon system would probably not actually... Um, not actually uh, affecting, it would need to affect the weapons. I just don't think they would need to. Like, weapon exotic weapons are generally, you know, already kind of in their own spot. Uh, yes, I've started. So, Niche King. Last time Bunny introduced new weapon types, I think people generally like them. Trace rifles, bows, linear fusions. Do you think that they will try this again soon? Maybe a shotgun spread hand cannon, dual wielding SMGs or hand cannons. If they do something like this, it would likely be in a September expansion, not in a seasonal piece of content. Because if they do this, they have to add like a handful of them. Uh, I could see maybe, maybe new sword types maybe new sword types that can do certain things that would make them really cool and fun within the new, you know, energy system that they're building. Um, also, I could see them doing legendary trace rifles. I would love that. That'd be awesome. That'd be an easy one because they've already built trace rifles and then you could just have non-exotic versions. So, I think that'd be pretty dope. 
and that's actually plenty of questions that's a pretty long Q&A again I'm going to keep streaming we're going to start donating we're going to start donating I'm finally going to do it chat so stop pestering me about it if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always come in live thanks to everybody who's here live we're going to keep on having some fun with you and to those that are listening or watching elsewhere please like share and subscribe